Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at the Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, you shall, as my beautiful better half just alluded to, and go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t shirt. We've got something for everybody. Feeling political? Plat Blast 2020. Hate journalist? Hashtag journalism. Miss Tag Team Wrestling? Save Tag Team Wrestling, and many, many more for the wrestling fan in your life, even if it happens to be you. Again, I say it day in and day out every time I'm on these airwaves. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out at the Chair Shot, make sure you do us a favor and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt, which, by the way, I think I'm responsible for like nine or ten of these motherfuckers and ain't seeing a dime. I need to renegotiate my contract, but that's neither here nor there. Make sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. That's a little Easter egg for our uh, Commander-in-Chief, Mr. Greg DeMarco. I'm sure I'm going to hear something back about that one. Anywho, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Belass. And again, pinch hitting for Tunney, who I'm not even going to go there. I could probably get canceled off of what I was thinking. I'm not going to say that. Ladies and gentlemen, we have more than a suitable replacement. Put your hands together and show your love for the one, the only, the host of Attitude of Aggression and Bandwagon Nerds, my friend and yours, Mr. Dave Unger. Guys, how many weeks in a row have you tolerated me now? This is this is a new record. This has got to be something. Something. I don't know what, but it's something. <laughs> so, how are you fellas doing tonight? We're great, man, and always a pleasure. Unlike when Tunney's on here, I'm not going to bury the moderator because I actually like this guy. So the honor and wow. pleasure is ours, brother. <laughs> At least you guys aren't melting where you are, probably. It's actually nicer today than usual, but it's been pretty melty like the last month. If it hasn't been like Seattle rains or random hurricane, tropical depression, winds and storms, it's been like humid and disgusting. Not like a hundred and something like, you know, California and Arizona have been like literally melting but for jersey walking through soup that's that's pretty disgusting within itself well it was 105 here today it's 97 now right now but that's only because all the smoke from every fire that's surrounding us has blocked out the sun so uh solar eclipse maybe i don't know they were saying they were saying there's we're in california yeah is burning except for where you're at like there's fires literally surrounding you they are literally surrounding us uh but i heard what what we were talking about earlier Ten thousand lightning strikes in northern california that's ridiculous wow how do you even have that much it's like i ain't going outside that's just a recipe to get struck down wow yeah you walk outside with a penny in your pocket. Next thing you know, you talking to Jesus. Like, what's going on? <laughs> That's you right. Moses having a co- some dialogue. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Moses, what you doing here, man? <laughs> strike me down. The Lord will strike me down. Well, the chances of that happening right now are pretty good. So uh, your odds are not, the odds are never in your favor out here right now. It's been ugly out here lately. It, Just, man, fuck it. It's anyway, it's a lot here in Atlanta, too. So as a result, I walk around with a rubber band on my uh, wrist just in case, just to stay grounded. <laughs> it's a good idea. So it's it's not even to remind yourself of something. It's for the bad joke of just to stay grounded. <laughs> well, if it is to remind myself of something, I forgot what it was. So that worked well. 
Oy vey. Okay, that, that helps. Good job. Uh... Hey, man, I'm of the era, though, of, you know, my grandparents, when it was, you know, thunder and lightning outside, you couldn't be on the phone. We had to turn off the television. You just had to really just sit there and watch the show. I remember you. You couldn't even go towards the uh, the fucking windows because they'd be like, "Get away from the windows! It's gonna lighten." It's like, "Fuck does that mean?" Like as a kid now, it's like I still don't quite get it because I'm like, it's not like it's gonna come through the fucking window and like zap you. So I'm like, I, I don't get it, but whatever. They used to yeah, tell me right. it was gonna come through the TV and zap us. I'm like, now I'm looking yeah. at thinking I don't know if that's scientifically possible, but uh, I'm sure a power surge is possible, but. Did your parents like old 80s horror movies? Because wasn't that Pulse? Wasn't that the whole bad, cheesy 80s movie with, like, two of the Lawrence brothers because the third one wasn't born yet? Dude, I don't know. There was enough cheesy shit in the 80s that I didn't even need to watch Pulse to to get, you know, entertained. It had Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. They're all good movies. But for every one of oh, those, there was like Motel Hell or some bullshit like that. Or Troll, Troll 2. <laughs> Come on. These are some of the best movies. I spit, <laughs> I spit on your grave. <laughs> that was actually pretty Garbage good. Garbage day. Like, who doesn't love that? <laughs> the funny thing about 80s movies is that they're, they're all either cheesy or homoerotic. And then some of them, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, are both cheesy and homoerotic. So go figure. Poor Jesse. Anyway. And 80% of them would get canceled nowadays, too, because, shit, I think my one buddy grew up with Monster Squad, which I didn't actually watch until a couple years ago, because I didn't see it, and he loved it. So, literally within the first five minutes, it's bullying in, like, an like a junior high, high school kind of thing, and they drop the... Um, the, the slur for homosexuals because you know they're they're making fun of his masculinity and uh, a whole bunch of other words that aren't exactly tolerated nowadays. So it's funny that that movie in ten minutes would have been canceled and probably like treated like like you know a pariah nowadays if it came out in twenty twenty instead of nineteen eighty four or whatever that was. It would have been funny, man. I, yeah. They oh, would have treated it like Gone with the Wind, right, Platt? <laughs> oh that, Jesus Christ! That's fair too. That. But I, Monsters Ball is, is one of those movies where, or Monster Squad that that I weirdly saw like a hundred times because for some strange reason we actually had it recorded, not like the actual VHS, but it was recorded on a VHS. So I watched it all the time just because it was there. Like it's a lot of movies as kids, man, because we don't have a concept of what's good or what's bad at that point in time. We just watch shit because it's on or we have access to it, you know. <laughs> Well, plus, plus the overlying, I guess, story with the like the little girl and the boys trying to protect the little sister, and the little sister helps the Frankenstein or whatever vampire, yeah. or whatever it was, like protect them and beat the other monsters. It's a nice overarching story, but because of the actual realism, I guess, for what an '80s high school, elementary school kind of growing up was, and the words they used, that's what makes you kind of go, "Oh, that's that's a time capsule." Okay. So this is a hybrid episode. This is now Pod is Bandwagon Nerds. We've <laughs> changed this episode around completely. And uh, forget wrestling. We're going to just talk nerdy shit all day. So, uh... Hey, we could do that. That's not a problem. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there, there's an overlap with, you know, nerdy shit and wrestling. I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. Oh, in no. fact, I think it's the exact same lane. Yeah, yeah they are definitely in the same lane. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Frankenstein, though, who's always the face, man. Everybody else were the heels. 
Do you mean PCO or do you mean actual Frankenstein from Monster Squad? I'm talking about just Frankenstein, period. I mean, oh, you know, if you've ever read Mary Shelley's book or seen the movie or any iteration of Frankenstein, he was young always Frankenstein. the young Frankenstein. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Gene <laughs> Is he still alive? I think Wilder passed a couple years ago. Yeah, Gene Wilder passed. Peter Boyle passed. Uh, Madeline Kahn passed. Mel Brooks is still around. I think the rest of the cast is yeah. gone, though. I he think Madeline Kahn was the first too. one to go, too, wasn't she? She or who played Igor? Marty Feldman, right? And, uh, oh, yeah. He, he may have that- gone before her or right around the same time. Because I think she left. She got up out of here, like, what, the mid-90s? Like, 96 or 97, something like that? Because she had cancer, didn't she? Yes, correct. Yeah. And then Peter Boyle was fairly recent. And when I say fairly recent, like, the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, Madeline Kahn, man, she was so good. Lily Von Stupp from Blazing Saddles, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was good in Clue, too. Just had to throw that out there, man. That's another yeah. one of those movies that I saw 500 times as a kid because it was always on. That's true. Well, I guess I better moderate you us back on track <laughs> since this is a wrestling podcast. Oh, but and- after Clue, I wanted to go to Murder by Death. Murder <laughs> by Death is a great movie, too, though. That's true. And I, I was about to talk about the greatness of Tim Curry. So, yeah, we should oh, probably move Tim on. Curry, there we go. <laughs> shit, that's another hour we'll be sitting here talking about. Rocky Horror Picture Show and all this other shit. Anyway, you, you, Platt, you want to take us on to our first topic of conversation here? Sure, let's do it. But first, let's go to a commercial break. <laughs> Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. That was my Amber. Or maybe I could go, Dan, it, Dan, it. hey, what's up, guys? It's PC Tuddy, man. And uh, you <laughs> go to Angry Lemonade. It's PC Tuddy talking about some Angry Lemonade. Yeah, see, yeah, we, we love it. We It's got stickers and stuff. It's all good. The first one that the first one you did, Platt, sounded like you imitating a white guy. Like when Eddie Murphy used to <laughs> imitate a white guy. It's good, clean, fun. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and for my troubles, I just got a middle finger and a slam door, so that went well. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so any any other jokes we want to get off before we get to topic one? Nah, we we'll, we'll bury Tony some more later on. That's true. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. Why don't spoil it all up front? We gotta save some. We gotta, gotta sprinkle it, it out. Got us. It's Dang. like a, it's like being tantric. You gotta save it up a little bit. Ah, the old sting analogy. I like Dave. Hey, yeah. Look at old Dave with the copy of the Kama Sutra. I can see. I can (laughs) dig it. I can dig it. That's always my wedding gift. Whenever my friends are getting married, I always buy them a copy of the Kama Sutra. I think it's a good wedding gift, quite frankly. It's either that or a toothbrush. I mean, those are both good (laughs) good wedding gifts. So. I think mine's a little better, but whatever, man. Whatever, man, it's your journey. <laughs> you set the so, precedent until yeah. they tell you that the book never moved off their shelf in the 20 years they were married. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I go to their house and I pull it out. <sighs> <laughs> Just this old dusty tome, and it's like National Treasure or whatever. It's the beginning of one of those fucking find the fucking thing books. Yeah, movies. it's bookmarked on page four, and it's never been moved, you know, that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like four is like doggy style. You never got past this. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, I like page four. 
<laughs> I like page four. That's the ultimate guy response. It's not wife won't let me go past page four. It's I like four. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> was it just that pages four and five are stuck together and you can't move past? That's so right. You just, uh, you <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> so the big wrestling news of the day, uh, Renee Young has decided to allegedly leave WWE and you know you guys I've seen a lot of backlash people trying to say that uh, WWE did Renee wrong and I don't see that whatsoever I mean she had numerous shows between the WWE network and the thing they were doing on FS1 she was basically the face of FS1 for a little bit there you know COVID kind of killed the show and the lack of ratings didn't help either but they tried her on commentary that didn't work out very well but I look at this as a move from Renee where I feel like she, in her head, she probably thinks that there's nothing else for her to do in WWE. I mean, what else could she possibly do at this point that she hasn't done? And she's ready to move on. And she's going to be just fine. She's going to land on her feet. She's super talented. She's very nice and likable and personable. She's got good charisma. She's very good at what she does when she moderates those shows and stuff like that. She looks good on camera. She's going to be just fine. So I guess I would ask, uh, what what do you guys think is next for Renee? I think ESPN. Obviously, there's been the AEW talk. Honestly, I feel like that would be a move backwards. No disrespect to AEW, but what else could she possibly do in wrestling that she's not having hasn't already done? Yeah, she'd probably be like to work with her husband and this and that. But what are they really going to do? I mean, they've got so many announcers now they don't know what to do with. What the hell does Alex Marvez do? So I don't know. I, I'm thinking ESPN. At least he doesn't trip over his own words anymore. That's that's good. But um because they don't let him talk. Cause they learned better after those first couple fucking shows when they're just like, What the fuck is he doing? Like when when you pick Excalibur over him as staying in the rotation, that's saying something. But anyway, um yeah, I don't think she'll be in AEW because it'll put her in the same situation that she's in now, which could also be somewhat of why she's leaving where there's constant reminders or talent takes jabs when she's on you know tv doing an interview or a backstage segment or something like that about oh well your husband's not here anymore that was what was that Samoa Joe's whole angle before he got hurt again about how you know don't worry well you're gone I'll keep your wife satisfied or something like that I'll you know that was Bobby that was oh that was uh, Bobby okay that was BBC Bobby. I'm just there. There was a, there was a lot of banging your wife kind of talk going on around the same time, so it was hard to keep it all straight. Because oh, that's right, Samoa Joe had the thing for AJ Styles' wife, Wendy. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. And but come to find out, Bobby Lashley was banging everybody's blonde wife. So I see why uh, Ambrose got upset. Man, that was a oh. work shoot, brother. Hey, hey. <laughs> so regardless, she'd be joining after Moxley. And assuming that she has any kind of similar length contract, there would be an overlap if Moxley didn't sign for some reason or something happened. So you, you don't need to do that again. Plus, like you said, ESPN came calling at some point before early showed interest. So between ESPN, Fox Sports, which that could be a decent move right there, too, since Fox and WWE already have a relationship. If she went to Fox Sports instead of ESPN, there's a chance she could still dabble back in here or there for something and it proves that there's no bad blood so to speak but you know nfl network fox sports all that other stuff it, it, it's gonna be sports related that's i agree with you there that it's not gonna be wrestling but it will be like sports network kind of television 
And, and I mean, Dave, you know, uh, don't move like us, man, because they're smarter than us. So, you know, they don't move on from a relationship still until they got something else lined up. They're not going to move on from a job unless they've got something else lined up. So do you think, as, as I do, that she's already got something else lined up? I think so. I mean, I think she was on Instagram today talking about working on her cookbook. Um, you know, there were a lot of pictures. Her and John were sitting around like a big spread on a kitchen table. I'm not sure, you know, what, what that's all about. I, I think the people who have come out here and everybody's just, I, I mean, it's remarkable to me how many people have come out and just assumed, oh, she's going to AEW. And I saw a post like Greg had responded to something that he doesn't think she's going to AEW. I don't think she's going to AEW either for a lot of the reasons you guys say. What what would they possibly do with her there? You know, I mean, like you say, they've got enough announcers. They've got backstage interviewers. You know, I mean, maybe if AEW is going to try and launch a show like Talking Smack or something, uh, you know, maybe then there'd be a place for her. But I just I I think it overcomplicates things. I mean, it's been complicated enough with John and AEW, and she's still on WWE and having to answer all those questions. That maybe she's just tired of it. That doesn't necessarily mean she wants to show up on AEW as John's valet or something like that. Maybe she I think sports would be good. She may just want to lay low for a while. I mean, we got we can't lose sight of the fact that she had COVID. No one knows, you know, what that did. You know, no one knows how symptomatic she was. No one knows what si- what lasting effects she might have. Hopefully none. But that couldn't have been easy for her. Couldn't have been easy for John. She may be burnt out. She may just say, look, I need some time to just be with myself, recharge, refocus, and figure out where I want to go. So while I tend to agree with you that she's got something lined up, she might just be like, look, I just need some time away from all this shit right now. I need to work on myself, recovering, and then figure out what I want to do. So I don't see her going to AW though. I, I just don't see. And, and I mean, if AW does bring her on, then they're playing into a lot of the shit that everybody says about them. All you guys do is take WWE leftovers. You just take these people who aren't, who couldn't hack it for one reason or another. And Renee wouldn't be in that category because she clearly can. But it would just be another WWE cast off that they took. And the comparisons to WCW and TNA will persist, that this is all you guys do. You don't do anything homegrown. You don't cultivate your own stars. You just take what they had, and you put a different coat of paint on them, and that's all that they're doing. So I think that would be a mistake for AEW if they're really trying to forge their own identity. Then bringing Renee on would be a a terrible mistake. And, you know, women, again, they don't move like us, because I'm pretty sure every male under the sound of my voice. So at least the majority of us have had this moment at a job where we just got fed up and we said, man, fuck this shit. I'm out. And then after the adrenaline cools off and you're sitting at the bar by yourself, like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) But seriously, and you know, I don't mean this as disrespectful to the wrestling business, but I think Renee, her talent is probably almost too big for the wrestling business. Cause I mean, there's a ceiling on what she can do in wrestling. Cause it's not like she's going to get in the ring and take bumps and stuff like that. So there's only so much and so far she's able to go and with her talent and, and, and how good she is and everything that she has going for her, I could see her, you know, on some Megan Kelly shit or Ellen DeGeneres or something like that. Like she could be on that level. Yeah, absolutely. She's got that talent. She's got that charisma. She's got that kind of personality that she would shine through in an environment like that. So, yeah, I mean, really, I think you're right, Chris. What what else? She can't do anything else in WWE. She's done it all, you know, other than, you know, they tried her out on commentary on Raw. That 
didn't go over as well as I think a lot of us had hoped. Um, so really, where does she go from there? She's not going to be on commentary. She doesn't have her own separate show. She's not going to be a backstage interviewer. She is kind of at the, at the end of her options with WWE. So is it really that surprising that she's like, yeah, I'm out. Andrew, would you like to add something pithy to the conversation? No, because we're all kind of saying the same thing. We're, she's at the end of her rope. It's not like WWE did her dirty. She had how diff, how many different shows, spinoffs, and what it was talking smack. Then her and Daniel Bryan did the smacking talk kind of joke thing that they were saying was on tout. And Daniel Bryan said Chad Gable was his son when they were doing the Kurt Angle thing with uh, Jason Jordan and Gable's just like, you're like four years older than me. That how's the fuck that work? And he's like, it's a very virile four-year-old. And then, uh, you know, so Renee has kind of done everything. WWE's given her tons of opportunities. She's made pretty good with everything. And for every, we're, we're all kind of picking at the commentary, but even she admitted she wasn't good at commentary. She didn't really like commentary. So it's not like we're saying anything profound or edgy by being like, oh, she sucked at that. Well, when you the person comes back goes, I know I sucked at this. I didn't want to do it anyway. You go, all right, well, fuck, fair. All right, <laughs> you're good at everything else. So good luck to her, whatever it is she ends up doing, be it be housewife. Maybe she wants to start a family. Maybe she's got something lined up. Who knows? There's a lot of options up to her. Just hopefully it's not AEW because I agree with you, Chris, and your initial assessment, that would be a step back. Maybe her and Becky and Seth and John are going to go get, you know, knocked up together, go hang out at the park when you can hang out at the park again. And and there you go. So I still remember, I mean, the, the Renee Young moment to me is that thing on Talking Smack with, um, shit, hold on. With shit, hold on. Yeah, I remember that, man. That, that, that was very memorable. No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little dogs start barking and then shit, hold on. They're, they're, right, they're, yes. pit, they're pissed. No, the moment with uh, her, Daniel Bryan, and The Miz on Talking Smack, which really kind of in retrospect was the beginning of Daniel Bryan's return to the ring. You know, it just didn't seem like it at the time. No, no that's true. That is a, that's obviously the most memorable moment on that show when not only was it Daniel Bryan's kickoff, I think that that day the Miz went to the next level, which is weird to say about a guy that had been world champion and main event at WrestleMania, but I felt like he took his game to the next level from that moment on. Yeah, because yeah, cause he demonstrated that he had a backbone at that point, and up until then, he'd just been this weasley, weasley little shit. But by standing up to Daniel Bryan the way that he did, on that episode that I agree it, it took the Miz to an entirely different level. And I mean, you know, that's going to go down in history as one of the more influential promos of the last five years. I would have to say where, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, that was a shoot. And it's like, no, it wasn't. And you could tell it wasn't, but it was still presented in a way that you had to stop and think about it for a second. It's like, well, was that, was that real? Or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think, I think in that respect, Renee will be remembered for a lot of things. That moment for me sticks out, but there's there's other ones, sure. And shout out to Renee, man. She's super talented. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about her. And whatever she chooses to do next, she's going to be just fine. And again, she's a woman, so she didn't come in this with no plan. It wasn't just, I got my period today, so I'm going to quit. No, no, no. She's got a plan. And even though we don't know where she's heading next, she knows where she's heading next. And I know it's going to be onward and upward. I I don't worry about her whatsoever. She's going to be just fine. She's that damn good. 
this burial of the male species brought to you by Christopher Platt. So, and the the chairshot.com always use your head. Live commercials, nothing like it, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, should we do a should we take a break and get a, some real commercials in here and then move on to topic two? No, because Tony is going to bury us because well, we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go pay the bills. And then he's just going to cut the topic, too. So we'll give him some space so he can put in some music All and right. then we'll head to topic two. Sounds well, you guys can go to AngryLemonade.com. This is PC Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Jamaican Canadian accent. Get it right when you do the Tony thing. Hey, seriously, though, no bullshit, man. Really go to AngryLemonade.com, man, and use the promo code ChairShot. It really is a really good website. I don't want to bury Tunny and bury Ang- Angry Lemonade simultaneously. Angry Lemonade is awesome. So, yeah, go to AngryLemonade.com with the promo code the ChairShot, all right? But it's still fuck Tunny. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we're back, and... Uh... Chris, uh, now that we buried Tony a little bit, I, I like that. You know, Angry Lemonade's cool, but you, Tony, fuck you. You know, but Angry Lemonade's cool. <laughs> it's like in Half Baked, there were the guys at the counter at the, you know, and he's like, you, oh, yeah. you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're okay, fuck you, fuck you. And he leaves. <laughs> they killed Killer B. Oh, no. Not Killer. <laughs> I'm Cuban B. <laughs> ah yes, Cuban B. <laughs> <laughs> you have smoked yourself retarded. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to pull this up, man. I I know this is very unprofessional. I'm trying to pull up the story. So, uh, while I'm pulling it up, I guess professional. That's more professional than we usually are. Yeah, fly by well, the seat I'm... of your pants, guys. Okay, so fair enough. So, uh, Sonia Deville. I'm not even going to attempt with her shoot last name. But uh, apparently there was a situation where she had a bit of a, a fan. And if you recall, fan oh. is short for a fanatic. And this Mellon Farmer went eight shit crazy. Theater style. I thought that was going to be a new, new Chris Platt gimmick spot where you read something off masterpiece theater style when it's the actual story or the tweet. No, is this well, not the spot? Not for this, man. This is kind of serious, man. I don't want to, you know uh-huh. what I mean? This is like some real shit. But yeah, so this this asshole was stalking her and literally broke into her home with rope with the full intent to kidnap her. I don't know what he thought he was going to do with her once he kidnapped her, but yeah. And apparently, and Dave, please correct me, man, if, I, if I'm talking out of school or if I say something that's uh, inaccurate, but apparently the only reason that her and Mandy Rose, who... I don't know if it, it's it's kind of unclear whether or not they're roommates or if she was just kind of hanging out at the house at the time or whatever. But Dana got kind of tipped off because of her alarm system. And she went and got Mandy and said, hey, there's a man in the house. We got to get out of here. And what saved them was that the guy went upstairs. And during that time that he was going upstairs, they got the opportunity to get out of the house. They went to the garage and opened the garage and sped off in their vehicles and then called the cops. So apparently Dana started once they got the gentleman's name and he was apprehended. She started going back through a lot of her DMs and, and, you know, D- Twitter DMs and stuff like Chris, that. And this guy, Chris. yes, yes. Daria. Daria. I didn't say the first name. I said the last name, motherfucker. Dana? Whose last name is Dana? Bar- Bar- you kept saying Dana. Baronado is her last name, right? Yeah, Baronado or D. Baronado or something. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to help you out here. So you stop saying Dana and we ain't talking about Brooke. 
or white. Dana Brooke same, was abducted the same fight too. Island. Oh no! See, you wanted to make this serious, then you find a way to put some fuck shit in it, and I'm trying to help you out. Damn, fucking hell! You could have texted me, you know. And you never look at your phone. Trust me, we've done this show for three years. <laughs> so apparently, apparently, what I heard, Chris, that the guy after he got abducted by the cops laid out his entire plan. Not the smartest criminal in the world. Uh, lays out his entire plan for the cops and says that he was going to kidnap her and hold her as a prisoner or hostage or whatever they are until she answered his questions. And I'm like, what fucking questions were you going to ask her? <laughs> Jesus, that you have to hold her as a prisoner, false imprisonment, tie her up. Oh, you're going to stay right here till you answer all my fucking questions. You know, it's like, what is this wedding singer? Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every goddamn thing that I have to say, you know, shit like that. As but, soon as you said what questions could he have? I actually it popped in my head, but it's so bad and it's so inappropriate. <laughs> and even Amber well, is telling me don't do it. I got so, I, mean, <laughs> I need to apologize for actually saying the R word when I was talking about somebody who's mentally not you know, on the level of ours. So I do apologize for that, but that is what they said in half bake. So it is a direct quote, but anyway, well, speak for yourself, David, uh, as far as Andrew and I go, somebody saying the R word that they're exactly on our level. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. I, I prescribed to the Christopher Titus way of utilizing the word. And if you are of sound mind and body and you have all your faculties and you're still a fucking moron, then the R word is perfectly acceptable. That's true. That's true. I, I don't know how we got so uh, uptight that you can't say anything anymore. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what questions he was going to ask her. I'm sure Chris has got some good ideas, which we're not going to yeah, talk about here. I, I know. But no, I, we're not. Maybe I, if, if you remind me off air, maybe okay. I'll, I'll say it then when I know we're not recording. But there's no way in hell. And but, frankly, shame on me for that shit even popping in my head. Pot Andrew, is war. Man, bonus content shot? coming your yeah, way. Pop- now that that that's what it is pot is war cutting room floor that's where this is going here's how we get the (laughs) patreon campaign going pot is war bonus content for five bucks a month all of christopher platt's crazy thoughts can be yours yeah (laughs) they'd have to sign a waiver though (laughs) yes Uh, it was a with, lot of exposure for you, though, so yeah. that's good. You've been looking for exposure lately. <laughs> with uh, with all seriousness, yeah, like you said, Chris, this is a, a serious topic. It's a scary situation. It's uh, you know, I I mean, I feel bad for Mandy. That whoa, that could have ended up really badly for her if she was in the house with this guy, had no idea. But uh, you know, like you're saying, Sonia got tipped off through what her alarm system or something. Yeah, I think her alarm tipped her off or something like that. Just yeah, a- she's. Just yeah. crazy, scary, psychotic idiots out there in the world who, you know, with everything else going on in the world, now we got to deal with this shit, too. I don't have to worry about catching coronavirus. Now I got to worry about getting abducted in my own home. But who I mean, I'm, I'm glad it worked out OK for them. And now they can go back to having their hair versus hair match at SummerSlam, which, of course, makes no sense because kayfabe isn't dead or, or is it? Maybe it is. We're going to cut each other's hair off, but sweetheart, you know, you can stay in the guest room this weekend while you're getting ready for this shit. So I, well, I love you, but I hate you at the very same time. It sounds like a normal relationship to me. Yeah, pretty much. Andrew, man. So you weren't really privy to anything that we were talking about here pre air. 
So hearing the bits and pieces of the story that we were able to incoherently get out, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts, man? And, I, I, and again, man, I apologize if anybody takes this the wrong way. This is obviously a very uh, this is obviously a very serious situation, and I don't mean to make light of this, man. And you know, thank God that both of those young ladies were able to get out, and this guy's been apprehended. I, I'll have more thoughts later, but yeah, Andrew, man, what, hop in here, man. What do you think? I mean, it's it's a crazy situation that you know he could get into her house and. It's just that next level of obsessive bullshit that you see a lot with the current wrestling fandom, or not even just wrestling, but just fandom subcultures in general, where, I mean, I think I saw something where, like, Ethan Page last week posted something about how he had somebody send pictures to his mom's house or his grandma's house or something like that, thinking it was his place, because they apparently found a name and all that other stuff and fucking, you know, figured out that it was his him or thought it was him and sent it to his grandma to sign pictures. And it's just like, how fucked up do you have to be to utilize that kind of technology and that situation just for fandom to get pictures signed or or as you guys were saying before about what questions could he really have aside from the the funny off color ones? Like what what is inside business thing like is he going to know want to know how to get into wwe what happens what's vince really like like is he that kind of just ridiculous mark and that's just where it went so to be fair no no not trying to make light of it either like you were saying but i'll give him some credit because he actually did it no 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 no! i'll give him credit for actually going through with his obsessive bullshit where most people don't most people aren't like the fucking obsessive the fan most people aren't robert de niro and all that other stuff where they just go that fucking crazy that they'll follow to your house yes, and do all that and they'll just send good thing you i know weirdo that's a good thing i, I man. know but Why the fact then he gives you then box, he gives man. you the dr evil or like the james bond bad guy thing where he tells it all to the cops he's like here was my master plan i was going to wrap her up in a bag and then tie her up and ask her all these questions underneath the waterboard like it's <laughs> just it's so detached from reality that it's kind of it's entered it's it's not entertaining it's it's amusing in like a psychosis and a psychology kind of way like how fucked do you really have to be to go through with all this and then blurt it out to the cops like this is some poorly written action movie shit that we got in real life and you know i'm i'm gonna be a little light about it because they're fine it all worked out okay so in this situation, it's it's a scary concept, but nothing bad happened. So you can kind of look back on it and go, wow, that was fucking stupid. And he, here's the reasons why it was stupid or funny. You're just out of place and weird. Yeah, so you're, that, you're, that's where I'm no, at with you're, it. You're, you're, crazy, you're crazy as cat shit, sir. And this is me saying that, BT Dub. But no, another weird thing about this, this guy, not only did he find her home address, but he also looked up like her family members and stuff like that. And he was sending her messages regarding her family members saying he was going to kill her dad and, you know, little goofy shit like that. And it's amazing what, the, like you said, the lengths that people are able to go to because, you know, the, the most I've ever done, and I'll admit this, the most I've ever done is looked up some retired porn actresses that I liked and just to see and look up their real government names to see what they're up to. Spoiler alert, typically it's either real estate or meth. But that's that that's the extent of where I go, just to see if what they up to. But 
I'm just saying, well, they're man, both this shit is crazy, easy man. to access. You know, one you just gotta give her twenty bucks and you'll get something out of it, and the other one you go to an open house and see if you can test out the bedroom. So, hey, that's that's smart. That's that's clever work right there. Yeah, are these hors d'oeuvres free? I'm just I'm just wondering, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. It's going to be like that movie, I Love You, Man. I just come here for the free food, you know? (laughs) No, no, no. no. They come to the open house. They ring the doorbell. Ding dong. They open up with a tool belt. Did somebody call for a plumber? (laughs) (laughs) Or or you've got the pizza (laughs) with extra sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll say this. Every time these home invasion sort of things go, as a fan of the former Washington Redskins I always go back to thinking about Sean Taylor and how bad things can actually go wrong in a situation like that and so thankfully they came out of this okay relatively unscathed yeah it it, it makes me wonder okay how did he get all this information on them I wouldn't think that she's got all that stuff that's public access out there but but who the hell knows but I mean Andrew is right that it, it does take a special level of crazy to just <laughs> go to the extremes that this idiot went to and then, yeah. And then to tell the cops, here's exactly how I was going to do it. Here's the questions I was going to ask her. Here's how I was planning to kill her. Uh, Oh, was that out loud? Yeah, that was out loud. Dickhead. And I would have got it away with it too. If if it had been for those, I was just thinking that, (laughs) but I didn't want to go there, but I was thinking the same damn thing. (laughs) Meddling kids. Damn them. The the only thing I wish is that this clown would have tried to break into a uh, Miss Jacqueline's house because she would have beat the brakes off that melon farmer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember Miss Jacqueline. You wouldn't be able to find him. She would have flipped the script. That would have been fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a few questions for you, dickhead. Now you're going to answer everything that I ask you, or I'm going to start cutting off body parts for every wrong answer you give me. Again, I but, feel like that was in an action movie. There we go. Sounds like one. I'd watch that movie if they've never made it. I, I'd watch that Miss Jacqueline stars as <laughs> Silent Intruder. <laughs> <laughs> Silent but deadly. Wait a second. What kind of title is that? Oh, God damn. I think we finally like, done it. I think we Andrew, my friend, I think we finally done it. We have finally found a way to get ourselves canceled. I think we've done it on this topic. That's the name of this episode, Silent But Deadly, folks. So anyway. (laughs) Or silent cancellation. Yeah. (laughs) Cancel culture. Here you go. Flat Blast 2020 cancel culture. No, 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 we can't do that because that was the whole Joey Ryan thing in Impact. So oh. We don't really want to. No, you don't want to. You don't want to go. Joey he's Ryan. got his own issues. So yeah. I know he's he's a different ball of wax right there. That's a whole different level of getting canceled. We're just we're colorful and we just don't have much of a filter because we just don't give a fuck. So I like to think we're refreshing. We're not touching sixteen. Hey, Zima is really big in Japan. So fuck, we could be Zima. I'm okay with that. Is that still around? Zimas are still around. Yeah, right? Zima's huge in Japan and it actually did start to make a comeback in the States after fucking getting like discontinued like a decade or two ago. But yeah, it, it started making a small comeback and it actually I don't know if you've noticed because I know you watch it. Dave, but 
Zima's partly like a sponsor for New Japan stuff when they do the backstage press conferences. Holy like whoever shit. doesn't have Miller Lite beer, it's Zima. <laughs> Dude, I remember when Zimas were a big thing when I, you know, because I'm much older than you guys. Zimas were a big thing about the same time that Bartles and James wine coolers were a thing. Hey. Oh, Bartles and James, man. Thanks for That's your good support. Shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This brings me back to Subas pants and everything, man. Some Bartles and James. Yeah, that and California coolers, baby. That was the oh, shit. Uh, yes. And well, was it was it Seagrams? Is that what it was? Seagrams? Yep. Golden Seagram's wine not, coolers. Yeah. Yep. yep. Man, we are just going down memory lane here. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think we've uh, we've beaten this topic to death. No pun intended. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so no, I guess that, that was definitely unintended, by the way, folks. Let's just that type was, one of them. Go to the next one. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. That was a thousand percent pun intended, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let Dave fool you. <laughs> that's right. I'm sick as fuck, just like the other two guys on this show. So that's that's why I blend in so well. I'm like well, a let's, camouflage. Let's do this, man. Let's let's pay some bills, man, because I got to pay the water bills. So I'll be back before the commercial is over. Pew. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. So uh, during the commercial break, Chris Platt revealed to us the questions that this perpetrator would have asked. And yeah, that's bonus content, folks. It's going to cost you at least 10 bucks a month for that shit. But anyway, uh, anyway, now next topic. What are we talking about next, Chris? All right. Well, next on the bandwagon, since they're Wednesday Night Wars, I guess I go, whoa, hood, yeah. But there was no Wednesday Night Wars because we have the NBA on TNT, which I'm actually watching right now. Dallas is up by three against the L.A. Clippers. I got two hockey fans on my line. And as mm. you know, hockey fans aren't typically basketball fans, so they don't give a shit about anything I just said. That's not true. But, <laughs> well, at least for one of you. I'm still but, trying to figure hey, out how the Bucks the and Bulls Lakers. The aren't involved. I don't care. I, I'm very specific to my fandom. Hey, the Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards were involved, but they might as well not have been. So that was just a waste of time. Uh, hey, I just I love how the Blazers were the there. only one to be like, "I hate this bubble idea. Fuck this playoffs. Fuck all this." And they made it in as the eighth seed, and they upset the Lakers in Game One. So I'm like, "Damn." And Bitchin the, has like a magic power, apparently. And then the Bucks. I asked Tony, "Is like what the fuck happened with the Bucks?" He goes, "I don't know, but the Lakers lost too." So it's like the first time since two thousand three, both number ones lost game one. But by, by the way, Dave Andrew just said Bitchin must have some sort of magical power. You can clearly tell he does not have and has not had a significant other for a while because yes. Bitching is a magical power. Bitching gets things done. Trust us on this. That's Dave, I know you'll bitching. back me up on this. That's not bitching. That's nagging. There's a difference. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really. No, because <laughs> nagging is usually them reminding you of shit that you should be doing that you're just putting off because you're being an asshole. Bitching is them being whiny for no real reason aside from they want to be right or they want it done their way. So it really depends. It depends on the woman. You're saying the same thing. I don't no. understand. Wow. You might want to revisit that if Amber listens. I'm just saying. But between no. your shitty impression and then now you're saying between your Between your stalking of retired porn stars and this other thing, you know, yeah, that's uh, 
Yeah, should we stalking, just bring... really? We're okay, really going to say stalking? That's the term we're going to use here? Thing. Your, and then we can, your, uh, let's, let's put it this way. Your your inquiries into their present whereabouts. Let, let, let's go with that direction. So we have to make I'm sure to touch on all of the Sasha Banks stuff when we get to SummerSlam oh, later in the fuck. show. Just so this show can be called Amber, please don't listen. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to say right now, I hate you both. Because <laughs> I guarantee I'm going to hear about this shit at some point in time within the next couple of weeks. This is going to come up. Yep. Probably when we're we're sitting back taking shots of vodka and, you know, she'll get in her feelings and I'll have to hear about all this shit. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You know what they say, Platt, when you least expect it, expect it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm expecting. I'm definitely (laughs) expecting. And you had to bring up the S word, balls. What's wrong with you, man? No, that was me. That was me. Oh, the other S word. The other S word. She yeah. does have a match, so we're going to have to at least say the name later on in the show. So I'm just getting it out of the way now while we're just continuing the burial of Christopher Platt. <laughs> yeah. We need that Tony yeah, run-in right so about good. now so we can bury him. But uh, yeah. We need to redirect please. the show. Redirect yeah, yeah. the show. <laughs> but like I'm you're saying, Chris. She's my earth, my moon, my stars, my everything. She's great. She makes me a better person. And she is way better than I deserve, quite frankly. Because in, up until the time that I met her, I literally wasn't shit. So I, I can honestly admit that. Like, she made me want to be a better person. And, you know, by better person, I mean not be out here banging these hoes. So, yeah. <laughs> You were doing so well. You were doing really well right till the end there. Or we're looking at him up and they're like, hey, so how much meth do I need to give you to the tr- <laughs> <laughs> I've had this on bookmark since 2007. Can you still do that? <laughs> what page? That's on page six of the Kama Sutra. Okay, I never got that far. Got stuck on page four. Literally. Every new- <laughs> right. You always get the four. God damn it. <laughs> I always got to take it that one too far. You know what I mean? I, I can't help myself. I, I was doing so well. You were. But, you were on it. Okay. And, and I've met you, so I can vouch for everything you said right up to the very end. Anyway. Was a was a thousand percent true. That's right. right. Up, she the, made Up until the very end. Up and right to the very end. Yeah. Uh, you were doing yeah. great. And it's just that yeah. last little bit, man. Just the tip. Yeah. But anyway. Take- Advice from Ciara, one two-step, and don't take that third one, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when I have male friends, man. I can't help myself. Sometimes it's nice to be around some testosterone. (laughs) Until your girl can listen in on it at some point. And then you go, ah, ah, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's all going to bite me in the ass. But anywho, nobody gives a shit about NXT this evening. I don't even know if y'all watched it. I did. It was bad. Yeah, I mean, the last match was just like the typical <laughs> bullshit clusterfuck yeah. that let's do everything we can to make this as confusing as possible to put Velveteen Dream over and then have Bronson Reed stand there with the title at the end so that people think like he's got the momentum, which, of course, all of us who've been watching wrestling know enough means that means for sure he's not winning. Uh, so mm-hmm. there you go. Other than that, oh, and- Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez. I wanted to ask you guys about Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, with- dick dave huh not with your dick no 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 not i'm not (laughs) saying that i'm just saying your thoughts on her i mean she's a a big girl and an imposing figure 
does she have any future as like, could she be anything like China ish? Granted, she doesn't have a faction like DX behind her or the personality of China, but she's uh, an imposing figure. Not- she's got something because, you know, she is big. She's got something. And they've kind of positioned her with the Robert Stone and Aaliyah. She's kind of their diesel. No, you're thinking, Mercedes, no, you're thinking Mercedes Martinez. He said Roque Gonzalez. What's the difference? Wow, one is with Dakota Kai, the other is with Roberta uh, Robert Stone. I almost said Ro- Roberta. Roberta, Stone. Roberta Stone. Ooh, that might be the Roberta Stone. <laughs> Roberta Stone, everybody. Pot is war, Roberta Stone. There's the title oh, there of the we episode. Go. I like that. That's a good title. But no, Raquel Gonzalez is the one that decided to nickname herself Big Mommy Cool. Like she thinks she's fucking Diesel 2.0 and she's got the personality of a wet mop. She's got no in-ring ability and she's just kind of there because she's tall when Rhea and Mercedes and anyone could run circles around her just personality wise. I'm not even talking ring work and it's 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 painful to watch Raquel Gonzalez do anything. So, no, she's terrible. I don't see anything for her unless she stays this enforcer kind of role just because she's bigger than most of the women. So, if she does very little and she just kind of continues to just push people around and do that one-armed power bomb, it would make her look good. So, if if she is the 911 of NXT, sure. But as soon as she has to do more, she'll get exposed and suck. Don't hold back, Drew. Just uh, say what you're <laughs> feeling, man. I never really do. <laughs> so uh, a couple of things, man. If y'all if y'all didn't have any other NXT thoughts, because oh, I'm, I'm kind of with Dave. That last match, it was like, well, there's no AEW tonight, but maybe we should do some AEW shit. Yep. Pat McAfee's promo was fucking fire. You you can't I'm overlook. Glad... <laughs> I'm. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to that was going to lead us into the takeover conversation. I was going to say how much I wish people gave a shit about Pat McAfee because the whole build for this match has been Shea Magnifique. This has been an excellent build. And I I just wish people cared about Pat McAfee because I don't think it's really going to get the props that it deserves because this whole build has just been tremendous. McAfee's got a decent following with his podcast and he sure he's not quite as relevant with uh, the ESPN crowd, but you know he's friends with Greenberg, he's friends with Rich Eisen, he's he's friends with the right people to get in their ear if they needed somebody to kind of hype something up. But McAfee's got a good following, and just like he said in his promo, which is was a beautiful way to just punctuate things that he's made a million dollars in seven different professions, and you know he might just fuck around and make a you know make this number eight like that's. That was good. Like everything McAfee said, everything he did, and the fact he came out with his own little posse of more quote unquote legitimate football players because it was a you know a linebacker and I think Butler Butler was a free safety. I think I, I don't know off the top of my head. It wasn't just a bunch of punters. No, it was. It wasn't just like you know Gramatica and like Roberto Aguayo and like. I'm gonna wheel know, Ray Ray guy's ass out there. Fuck. <laughs> still in his falcons helmet it's gonna be fantastic like but yeah so and if if anything else came from this because i know this is gonna lead to takeover so for a future takeover i would kind of be okay with a gimmicked war games undisturbed nfl i that could be a that could be something with the ray guy yeah 
beat your ass, son. <laughs> Is Ray Guy still even alive? We gotta look that up, man. <laughs> Fuck. Joe Namath is gonna be the referee for the war games. It's Hell yeah. Great. Joe Namath, Steve Young, yeah. Joe Montana. We can't we can't have Joe Namath anywhere around Beth Phoenix. We know how this ends. Distracted and just start hitting on the women. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I can see it. You want to know why they call me Broadway Joe? <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Steve Young, any kind of action because if Steve Young is too close, he might get a concussion and fall down. Because ah. Jesus Christ, he's had like twenty-seven of them. So let's let's not cut, put him anywhere near harm's way. Yeah, CTE. Um, What's that? Peyton Manning, could you imagine if they actually gimmicked the fuck out of War Games and had Peyton Manning come in as like a special guest enforcer or some stupid ass role like that? That that would get traction. I'm just this could lead to something. I think McAfee's a big enough name and a great personality where this actually has potential, assuming that it's not a giant fucking turd of a match, to lead to more stuff with former NFL guys. Or former, or people interested in wrestling that have a little bit of a uh, profile outside of the wrestling bubble. Hey, speaking of former guys who are on their way to the end of their careers, but have expressed an interest in WWE, what do you guys think of Daniel Cormier in the WWE? He's expressed an interest in it. He lost the the third fight to who was it? Miocic, I think was the guy's name. Stipe. He's expressed an interest in WWE. Uh, what do you think of a guy like Cormier, especially with Raw Underground being out there? You think that he would transition well over there? And could he open the door to a lot more MMA guys, a.k.a. Conor McGregor, uh, coming into WWE? My quick take? I think he's fantastic. But Chris, you, you, you know, go off with it because I know you have a little more uh, feelings for this one because you've, you've brought it up in the past. No, I think he would be great. And, you know, I had heard rumors when uh, Fox, when SmackDown was first getting getting ready to go over to Fox. I had heard rumors that they had talked to Cormier about being an, an announcer on SmackDown. Obviously, nothing ever came of it. And maybe what I you know heard was complete bullshit. Who knows? I think he would be great in WWE. He's charismatic. He can talk. My only question is, would he be willing to go through the training to learn how to be a professional wrestler? Because I thought the same thing with Rampage. I thought Rampage was a shoe-in. Like, that's a no-brainer. Of course he's going to take to wrestling like a fish does to water. But that was the problem with him. He didn't want to put in the work to actually train and become a wrestler. So at, at Cormier's advanced age and all the mileage he's got on his body, I don't know if he'd be willing to do all of that. Maybe a one-off? Sure. But I, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, Ray Guy is still alive yes. and kicking. He is mm-hmm. 70 years old. Fuck yeah. He will be uh, 71 as of December 22nd of this year, God willing. And he's also six foot four. So I can guarantee you, because I say this all the time, you don't want to fight a man older than 60. 60 and over, you don't want to fight any man. So Ray Guy will still give you your issue at it, 70 years old and six foot four. Isn't Ray Guy the only punter in the Hall of Fame? I believe you're right. I think he is, yes. And he deserves That's it. That's assuming we don't count Blanda. Well, Blanda was a little bit of everything, wasn't he? That, that's yeah, my he point. Was, that's I'm just football, I'm yeah. throwing that caveat in there, saying assuming we don't count him. Yeah, Ray guy. Yeah, Ray bad. guy was something else entirely. Back, I mean, he he basically invented the concept of hang time for punters because that yes. ball was just up there forever. Like, holy shit, is this thing ever coming down? But uh, but Chris, you make a good point about being willing to put in the work. 
uh, to transition from MMA to WWE. And it makes me think, you know, did we all not give Ronda Rousey enough credit uh, for making that transition? I don't think we did. Granted, she was a little bit younger than Cormier, but I mean, she was a woman in her 30s. You know, women mature faster than guys. So like a 30-year-old woman is like a 35-year-old man. But yeah, I don't think she did get enough credit because she took to this shit, like I said, like a fish to water. And she was really good at it. And there's not a WrestleMania main event with three women if there's no Ronda Rousey. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I don't and... I don't particularly I don't like her as a person. I think she's a bitch personally, but you can't deny her star power and the way that she elevated two women's divisions, not just in WWE and professional wrestling, but also the MMA or UFC specifically. Yep. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, Since yeah, we're on the UFC topic. We're on the did you guys watch the Miocic and Cormier fight? How'd you feel? I watched most of it. I think uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I mean, they, they got the decision right. That seemed that way to yeah. me. That, but I mean, as far as the you know the the last match of the trilogy, yeah. I mean, was it the Thrilla in Manila? No, but it was it was damn good. And I mean, I can't I couldn't complain about it. It like you know Cormier wanted to go out on his own terms. I think mission accomplished in that respect. He didn't embarrass himself. He didn't make a fool of himself. He lost. He'll own it. But it wasn't, you know, like a fucking just, you know, what are you doing out here, man? It wasn't like CM Punk in the in the octagon or something crazy like that. Oh, I mean, true. It was a, it was a good fight. I I enjoyed the fight. And he yeah. hung in there with one eye too. Yeah, so. yeah he got poked he, in the he eye. Did. I mean, they they traded eye pokes, so like you you can't really bitch about that too much because Cormier caught Miocic earlier, and th there was a lot of weird back and forth where you could see there was a lot of respect where they they touch gloves afterwards, and you know they I think they hugged at some point after the fight, so you know there's no ill intent, yeah. but Cormier caught Miocic in the eye. Miocic, I don't know if that was a receipt or if that was just an oops. But there was there was a lot of hey you hit me low hey you hit me low you poked me in the eye you poked me in the eye so I don't know if that's just a hard fight so they were trying to kind of take whatever edge they could and then go from there which it's still it's smart fighting like you you can't really bitch about that trying to gain a an advantage here or there when you know you get a warning or two before a point gets deducted so it's it, good it ain't ballet well, that, as Jim Ross would say true it ain't. And that's one of the things that I always loved and appreciated about fighting. And you could say MMA or boxing or whatever the case may be. You know, they 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 talk all that nationalism shit up because it sells tickets. But at the end of the day, they all have a healthy respect for each other. Anybody that's willing to get in that ring or get in that octagon, they respect each other. And, you know, that's just a I, I like that. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it really is the most primal of human sports it's literally mano a mano and people think talk about the brain or the brawn and stuff like that but really it's a thinking man's game because once you get hit in the mouth all that game plan goes out the the window so are you going to have the wear the thaw and the wits to compose yourself get yourself together and continue on with your game plan or are you just going to fall apart yeah, but uh, uh, but specifically that fight i i forgot that they were fighting so i didn't catch it till about the second or third round and Cormier looked like a guy that that was his last UFC fight. He just didn't look like he had it anymore. He came out. He didn't look that good physically. I mean, he was never a workout warrior. Like, he was never going to come out here looking like Lex Luger, but he looked a little flabby and out of shape. And it looked like a guy that, you know, he, this was his last fight, and he seemed to have made peace with this was his last fight. And it didn't even look like he wanted this to be his last fight. Like, he didn't really seem like he wanted to fight 
he didn't seem like he wanted to fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's if that is the end of the road, then hey, more power to him. I, I do like, I like, I, I agree there, Chris. He wasn't in the best of physical shape, but he he went out on his own terms, and uh, you know that that's that's all any warrior wants, really. <laughs> Oh, you're right, man. And shout out to him. And I pray that he stays going too, just for his health. Cause we've all seen what happens when people go back on that retirement decree. It doesn't always end well. And not just True. you get your ass beat when you come back, but then you start to have other problems down the line, which catch up to you after a while. Cause you only got so many punches to the face you could take. True. But the, the only I guess way you could look at the uh, Cormier out of shape kind of aspect was People said similar things about Tyson Fury, but, you know, Cormier had to put in a couple extra pounds because he's a smaller dude. You know, he, he's not the most statuesque or anything like that. So a couple extra pounds adds some, you know, power behind his punch, gives him a little more cushion to kind of maybe take a bigger blow or take a little bit. And he took a lot of punishment in those first couple rounds. Like he got he got rocked against the cage when Miocic caught him and. I think it counted as a takedown, which is why a lot of the judges scored it two points or three points in favor of Miocic when it was a lot closer than that. Like ev everything where there wasn't a takedown, it could have went either way, really, except for like one or two rounds. So I don't know. I, I, I'm torn on if he was already kind of halfway out the door, like you're kind of thinking, or if he just thought, let me put on a couple extra pounds just to kind of make up for the difference in size. Cause there, there's logic both ways, but well, you know, we, I'm, I'm just happy talk, he didn't get completely wrecked. Well, we talked about this on three man. We, which uh, debuts every Monday on the chair shot radio network. And Tunney was the one that brought it to my attention that apparently Cormier had said prior to this, that this was going to be his last fight. So that's why, you know, I said what I said, I mean, and I didn't know that when I was watching it. He just looked like a guy that didn't have anything left in the tank. But seeing as how he had announced that this was going to be his last fight, it made that much more sense to me. Cool. No, that makes sense. So, talking does about, does anybody have anything? Oh, oh go ahead. I was Dave, just going to say, talking about takeover. I know you had mentioned it in the in the, the chat we had. Uh, you know, we've got because <laughs> Dynamite got preempted for the NBA playoffs. And got moved to Saturday, apparently right directly opposite NXT TakeOver. You kind of raised the comparison to, what was it, WrestleMania Four and Clash of the Champions. That's the first one like that. Um, so I wonder, do you really see it as something along those lines? Or, or how are you looking at this thing? I mean, you know, does Dynamite have any chance? I mean, sure, they're going to win the network, the, the airwave ratings, because they'll go unopposed and everybody will be on the network. They're not showing TakeOver on USA, are they? No, they're no. not. And I, you know, they'll win the network, but most people are probably still going to be watching either basketball or the Stanley Cup playoffs as opposed to uh, Dynamite. Because I, I guarantee you, most Mellon Farmers tuned in tonight to see Dynamite that watch Dynamite and were surprised to see all these brothers on the show. Because, you know, Dynamite, I mean, do I really have to finish that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. You don't. <sighs> that's funny but, i mean that's funny but, I, but dave i'm glad you brought it up man and we were on the same page because I, I think it's kind of cool it's not necessarily on that level but it's kind of like that how you know uh wcw or nwa at the time they countered uh wrestlemania 4 with a free show on cable the first clash of champions and they only did that because 
WWF at the time countered Starcade with the first ever was it was it Survivor Series Survivor or Series. Rumble? Which one was Survivor it? So, yeah, Survivor Series on 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 yeah on cable TV. So I just think it's a kind of a cool parallel. Obviously, this isn't anywhere as heated as that was, and we're talking about a streaming service versus a cable network. But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool synergy. That's all. Yeah, I feel like Dynamite's still going to get its usual, probably between seven and eight hundred thousand viewers, because anybody that would watch NXT is just going to catch it afterwards. Or Saturday, they'll, they'll, they'll tune Saturday, in an hour no, later. Hell no. They'll be lucky if they get half a million, man. They'll be, be lucky if they get half a million on a Saturday. Dynamite's got a very, let, let's just say, fanatical audience. Because they, they seem to really want to be pushing AEW forward. Where you see a lot of the AEW diehards will live, breathe, and die for everything. AEW can do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're being too hard on Brandy being too hard on the women's division or or yada 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 so there's a disillusionment a bit about this because people want it to succeed which is fine but it gets to the point of ridiculousness i think we're just going to still see a similar we're going to see a similar audience purely because of the fact that that is the their core audience be it six seven hundred thousand whatever it happens to be because this is different to a degree than WrestleMania because what in the in the late eighties, nineties, pay per views were thirty, forty dollars. Yeah. The network's ten bucks. So if ten bucks, mostly everybody has it or everybody has nefarious means or a friend that's gonna give them a login. No. So if you're if you're gonna watch Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so if you're gonna watch NXT, you can watch it at any point. That is that's the only real difference between now and nineteen ninety one or whatever, because if you missed it on pay-per-view, you were fucked. And, like, they didn't always do the replay, or the replay wasn't always something you wanted because you wanted to watch it live. And then, you know, you'd go to sleep because the replay started at, like, 1 in the morning, and who the fuck wanted to watch it from, like, 1 to 4 in the morning? So, you know, it, it's a different world we live in. So I feel like AEW's going to keep its core content or core core audience, and anybody that would want to watch NXT is just going to watch it afterwards. No, man, you crazy, man. <laughs> Television watching is habitual. And I'm telling you, there were melon farmers that turned on here on Wednesday night because they're used to turning on here on Wednesday night, talking about TNT, and they saw it went on. They said, okay, it's just not on. And they're not going to tune in Saturday because, again, you got the NHL playoffs, you got the NBA playoffs, and plus, it's Saturday. People just do other shit on Saturday. So, again, if they hit half a million, they'll be lucky. Yeah, Are this- you doubting the demo god? <laughs> and the same the same people who tuned in tonight have no clue that it's on Saturday. So that's going to be uh, a, a big hit as well. As far as TakeOver 30 goes, I mean, this is the 30th TakeOver. Pretty big deal. Pretty big milestone for NXT. Uh, what match are you looking forward to the most out of TakeOver 30? Probably McAfee and, and Adam Cole followed up by Karrion Cross and Keith Lee because I think they've done a good job of making I, I well I don't really I don't know how what they're going to do in this match because it's way too early to take the title off of Keith Lee unless he's going to move up to the main well I can't even call it the main roster cuz a 40 million dollar TV deal there's nothing minor league about that unless he's moving over to SmackDown or Raw you know it doesn't make sense to take the title off of him but again if they if they beat Killian Cross or Killian Cross, Jesus Christ, man! I got you. Carrie, Carrie and Dane, Carrie and Dane, Carrie and Dane, and Killian Cross. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be Carrie and Dane. Oh yeah, this early, 
it, it's kind of on the AEW side of the game, man, that you bring these monsters in and you build them up as monsters just to have them lose to your homegrown talent. So it's kind of the same shit that we get on AEW about. So I'm interested to see how they get out of that match. I mean, I'm I'm in a similar boat to you, but if if I take the uh, the the uh, devil's advocate kind of angle and think about the people that might tune into AW or the less hardcore fans one way or the other, is there anything that's been really built up like a super sexy match for that? This is Takeover Thirty. There's no like, there's no Michaels versus Bret Hart. There's Karrion Cross, which is still relatively new and he's a monster against Keith Lee, which, as you said, is still a relatively new champion that people like or they don't like, but it's mostly from his previous work. You've got EO versus Dakota Kai. What the hell and you can't... are you talking about? Everybody likes somebody because of their previous work. What the hell are I you mean, talking previous about? Previous work because of before NXT. Keith Lee was huge before he even got to NXT. Most of his fandom is because of all the work he did in PWG, Progress, Rev Pro, and around in the Indies. Like that that really pushed him hard. And that's why he was never he was never a bottom tier guy. You know, he was never like an undercard person. So, so that not, that's what, not that so not that weekend in November where Vince got him over in seventy two hours. I mean, well let's see. NXT still does what, six hundred thousand views every Wednesday? So how how much is that really helping? Yes? Cool. It's wrestling, and they got two shows, anyway, and it's anyway. the same one million people watching both shows. We talk about it's wrestling. It's only one point two million wrestling fans in the in America, man. Hey, Apparently you know, so. AEW's got the fifteen minute marker figured out then for their demographics and for their numbers. And if they keep outscoring by two hundred thousand, you know, most weeks, so whatever that is, maybe, maybe Turner's just got that fix in for when when they you know take the marker on you know how well their their segments are doing. Not yeah, the I point. Think you're, I think you're fake newsing right now, but go on. Fake no, I'm just, just two hundred thousand every week. When's the last time NXT or uh, AEW won? And I'm the not last, talking about the 18 to 49. The last I'm talking about just ratings. The last two or Seriously? three weeks. Yes. Seriously. Yes. So since so since uh, the S word was on NXT, is that what you're telling me? Sasha Banks was on NXT. Word. <laughs> I think you guys no. raise a good point about there not being a lot of buzz around TakeOver 30, not like past events. There is no Gargano Ciampa. There's no Gargano Cole or anything like that. Lee against Cross is very interesting, Chris, because I'm like, he's like, ah, what do they do with that thing? Uh, this is weird, man. The North American Championship ladder match doesn't really interest me that much. and 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 it should. Because I'm sure it's going to be a great match. There's no doubt about that. But I just don't, I just feel like I don't really care about who wins this thing. Because I know it's not going to be Gargano. I know it's not going to be Dream. So you're talking about it's either Thick Boy, Cameron Grimes, or, you know, who's the who's the third, the other guy in there? Damian Priest. Or Damian, Damian Priest. Priest. One of those three is, you're going to get a first-time champion out of this thing. So and if I had to pick right now, it's like, Fuck, man, they're going to put that belt on Cameron Grimes. I thought, and I don't like Cameron Grimes, but he did good work tonight in the match with Dream and Ballers as being a distraction and then setting off all the bullshit at the end that led to Dream being able to beat Finn Balor. But, um, yeah, I I, I think I'm like you. I want to see what Cole and McAfee do, you know, because that's an opportunity to, you know, they have to solidify Adam's face turn. 
and you know set up for what's going to happen with Undisputed Era from there. So that's the one I'm most interested in. EO and Dakota doesn't really. There's no way they're taking the belt off EO Shirai right now. That makes no sense. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be tuning in, sure, but uh, we'll see, we'll see. It, it's, oh yeah, you know, it's it's just it doesn't feel like a takeover. No, I I agree with that, and that that was kind of where I was leading. With I I'll be tuning in because I do prefer the NXT product to AEW. Shocker compared to what we've talked about for the last That's couple months. Shocking, Andrew. I know, I know, but thinking about it outside of the bubble, I mean. Chris buried the whole Pat McAfee reach a couple questions ago. So you can't really say that Colin McAfee is going to like, you know, be amazing or drawing all this attention when some people in this call or on this podcast don't think McAfee draws that well anyway, or he's that big of a buzz. Can, can you at least what? give me what? that? I said that it's been a really good build and I'm looking forward to this match. Sure. Can you at least give me that? Sure. Because I'll I give you that. that. I'll give you that, that you did kind of try to placate the masses a little bit, even though then you're just like, but it's still fuck shit. That's my point. There's no (laughs) masses. That's my point. I wish there were more masses because it's been a really entertaining build, and I'm interested in this match. You you. literally just proved my point. There's no masses. I'm not placating the masses. There's no masses. There's no mass. Where's Vince when I need him? There's all these masses, but there's no asses in these seats. God damn it. That's where this shit goes wrong. Fuck. We need more asses. We need more asses in these seats. There aren't any. What the hell am I supposed to do with it? How am I supposed to get the XFL back from the rock? God damn it. Such good shit. (laughs) Such good shit. (laughs) Well, uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, I'm looking forward to take over just to put a button on it. But I'm still not. Nothing has hit me with that excitement or nothing is just like that big marquee match. And it's weird because takeovers have kind of undersold me initially. And I know like I've rated some of them lower than other people just because nothing's huge. Nothing's as big as it used to be. And I don't know if that's just unfairly comparing it to you know, when it was really big and booming a couple years ago and that they're still kind of not rebuilding, but at least try to trying to figure out and rebuild the foundation. And Dave, I think you said it a couple of weeks ago that you thought the North American tournament was going to be breakout tournament 2.0. Yep. And we've more or less got that proven. So there's no reason to be excited for that because it's a bunch of unproven talent and a bunch of older guys to kind of put them over. Every once in a while, the old man gets something right. But until then... <laughs> Let's uh let's let's play some more bills. Chris has got to pay another water bill, I'm sure. Uh, and then we're gonna talk about WWE is uh kind of going with the whole bubble sort of uh scenario right now. So let's uh let's take a break and get back and talk about that. Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. All right, so we are back. Gentlemen, SummerSlam, it's not just TakeOver this weekend. We got SummerSlam coming up. Um, and WWE shifting gears a little bit now. They're, they've grown tired 
of the Performance Center. I don't can't understand why, you know, the same scenery every fucking week for the last four months. What could possibly get tired about that? But they're they're doing what is called the Thunderdome, guys. Uh, your thoughts on the WWE kind of stealing a little bit from the NBA. They're going to have virtual fans in the seats. They're going to have, you know, special lighting, pyrotechnics, lasers, all the shit that we couldn't get when the fans could be there. Now they're going to put in there for this uh, this event coming up. It's going to start with SmackDown tomorrow night or excuse me, Friday night and then persist through the weekend with SummerSlam. So what are your Dave, guys thoughts? Dave, Dave, kayfabe, Dave oh, tomorrow I, night, man. The I, show goes up on Thursday, so you oh, can't I'm say s- tomorrow night. That's right. It is. That's right. <laughs> it is tomorrow night. So, yes, tomorrow. <laughs> Thunderdome. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 50 bucks buys you their seat, but you'll only need the edge. Anyway. Oh. <sighs> well, if they don't have Mel Gibson and Tina Turner, it's all going to be for Nolt. Anyway. Yeah, they, they need yeah. they need them. But seriously, good for them. And, you know, uh, the my only thing is, are they I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer this for me. Are they charging the fans to be there? the virtual fans i don't know if vince can yes. find a way he might <laughs> yeah but i mean it's, it's cool and i'm happy that they're moving out the performance center for SummerSlam because i mean that is wrestlemania summer so it's going to give it a little bit of a different feel because things have gotten monotonous even though raw hasn't been bad the past i've actually enjoyed raw the past month but things have gotten a little monotonous you know in the performance center so that's cool that they're trying different things which that's something that wwe often gets maligned about which i have in the past as well but they're trying something different so i'm interested to see how this works out yeah they had um i guess they're doing a sneak peek of the thunderdome earlier today bleacher report had something uh they're just kind of panning around the arena it lo- it looks it looks like it's got potential. I, I'm just wondering, are the virtual fans going to be like what the NBA is doing, where it's actually, it, I didn't realize it until just recently, like, okay, those are actually real people with like, I don't know if they're real-time reactions, but quasi-real-time reactions or something like that. Um, so I wonder if they're going to have that sort of thing. But yeah, I think Andrew's right. If Vince can figure out a way to charge these melon farmers, to use Chris's uh-huh. terminology, uh, <laughs> you know he's going to do that because, hey, we got to recoup some of this money. I think it'd be pretty shitty to do that. You know, well, wait, wait, wait. You're going to actually charge us just to use our like. You're going to charge us to use our likeness in your broadcast. What's wrong with this picture? But well, well, when you put it like that, it does kind of sound ridiculous to try to charge. Them. I was just <laughs> thinking, you know, uh, well, like Vince, but there, there's a way to do it. Because, you know, New Japan started with that that app they have in beta where you can cheer and boo. So it's literally called the New Japan cheer app. So. If WWE does their own thing, but they make it like a $2 to download app or like microtransactions or something like that, Vince could rake in a lot of money just getting people to like, you know, program in, cheer here, boo here, you know, say what, or obviously there'd be program reactions. You can't just type in whatever you want, or that could be a special unlockable thing for VIP exclusive members of the app that you pay $20 to then type in whatever you want to say. And then there, there are people that are trolls that will actually pay the $20 just to be a dick. Mm-hmm. So Vin- Vince could actually make complete bank on this using a little bit of that app thing that, that uh, New Japan's kind of established and a little bit of what uh, the NBA has been doing. So, Hey, there, there's a lot of money potential. Can we go in Would the WWE guys- back boardroom for the conversation that was going on? 
Because I imagine it was something like this. All right, guys. Uh, Kevin, I got a great fucking idea. We're going to bring in these virtual fans. We're going to use their face, and they're going to pay me for it. How fucking brilliant is that? Is that great? That's fantastic. Yeah, then you got uh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 Mr. Vince. That's a great idea. You're the genius. You're the best. Yeah, yep, yep. Would, would you guys sign up to be the virtual fan, though? Because I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. Since the NBA has been doing it, I've been dying to do it. I really want to do it. And the only reason that I haven't done it yet is because it just seems like too much of a commitment to me. Because it's hard for me to stay still, man. I'm I'm a 39-year-old, 9-year-old, man. I got a d d d d d d So I'm up and down. I'm pissing. I'm going to grab something to drink. I'm stepping outside to smoke like it. That's a commitment to sit there for two hours and just be sitting there stationary and have to watch the game. So that's the only reason I haven't done it. But would you guys sign up to be virtual WWE fans? Uh, I don't think I would. I mean, I, I mean, it sounds kind of it sounds interesting, but I, I don't see the point in it. I mean, yeah, we're all super fans because we've been watching this for years and podcasting about it for almost as long, it seems. But that doesn't mean that I want to just like you're saying, Chris, I, I wait, I got to sit here and be still like I'm in an MRI for two hours. Fuck you. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the WWE MRI machine. Yeah. Oh my God! WWE is going to become Kiss. They're just going to brand everything. There's going to be a WWE coffin, yeah. WWE fridge, WWE MRI machine. But yeah, that you you know I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be it like was New Japan, maybe, but not. Of not course, that. you would. Be I had to throw Japan, that one in. Andrew. We don't have a Japan topic this week, so fuck you. I'm getting in when would I can. That, would that be great, <laughs> Mr. Blast? We want to thank you for being a part of our virtual uh, fan tonight. And by the way, you have a four millimeter disc bulge in your neck. So uh, have a nice night. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Can I say this, though, about SummerSlam, man, and get you guys' reactions on this? Because, again, one of the things that WWE has been maligned about for the past few years, and I'm guilty of this as well, is that they don't know how to tell long-term coherent stories. But I'm looking at this card right now, and I'm looking up and down this SummerSlam's card, and all of these matches, they have been long-term storylines. I mean, obviously, Oscar, Sasha, Bailey thing, that's been going on for quite a while now. Braun and Bray, that's been going on for a minute. Mandy and Sonya, the hair versus hair match, which I'm low-key looking forward to, man, on the uh, Southern wrestling side of the game. This sounds like, like oh, some boy. Memphis or some Houston shit. Like, I'm looking forward to that. I am. That's old school. That's wrestling right there, y'all. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. You got that... Apollo MVP, they've been going kind of back and forth for a while. Uh, the Randy turn has been going on, or the Randy push has been going on since Edge came back. That's back in January. And, I mean, Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins, how long has this storyline been going on? It's got to be over a year. Because y'all remember last year when Ray was on that losing streak and he was thinking about hanging it up and his son came out of nowhere and said, no, Dad, don't hang it up. I love you. Like, that's been going on for a while. And, you know, I wonder... I miss the fans and it kind of makes it feel like nothing important is happening because there is no fans. But I wonder if for at least for this build, if not having fans, there was actually beneficial to WWE because they were able to tell the stories that they wanted to tell, as opposed to if some shit happened in front of a live crowd and it died, maybe they would have called an audible and tried to switch something up. Because if you look at this SummerSlam card on paper, number one, it's a good card. And number two, all of these matches have had month long builds and i wonder how that would have been affected with a crowd because i think I, it would have 
Yeah. Does that I make sense? That can what I'm trying to say. Be, yep. No, it does, and I think that can also be attributed a little bit to the fact that they have a limited roster, so they only have so many people to do so much with. So you get a longer build when you're only playing with, say, 20 pieces as opposed to 50. So I think we've kind of benefited from a little more coherent storyline, better storytelling, better development for even as stupid as, okay, the Hurt Business name was kind of dumb. Hey, you bite hey, your gut. shut up. Toe. I'm leading to something. The Hurt Business was kind of dumb. Most of us said it was beat-down clan, dumbass 2.0 that just wasn't done as well as TNA. But then because of Underground and the way they've played through MVP and Apollo and, you know, Shelton's whole thing and Bobby actually looking like a beast with Underground and, you know, them just actually looking like a dominant group, it's helped them build. As opposed to fans in the stands and just in reality, as you said, just shitting on it. Like the name would have gotten shit on, you know, a bad match would have gotten shit on. Shelton Benjamin losing his title like a jackass would have gotten shit on. And then, you know, we would be in a completely different situation. And we wouldn't even be able to do Raw Underground because that's a cutaway kind of segment where fans are just going to be watching the screen. And we know that fans will just get Rammy and they'll make up their own chance or they'll get disengaged and just be complete dicks about it if there's too much stuff where they're watching a backstage segment or watching the screen. So in a way, it's been beneficial. It is kind of weird that there's no fans, but I think the storytelling has benefited from a smaller, smaller roster, a little more freedom to just let something breathe and happen. And, you know, as much as I am disen- disengaged by Raw and don't really watch it too much, or WWE in general, you're right. The last few weeks of Raw have been pretty damn good. SmackDown, I've caught here and there. It's okay. But, like, the main the main roster, quote-unquote, product has been a lot better since, you know, Underground started and since they started kind of building things up to SummerSlam. It seems like they're starting to figure shit out. And, Dave, before you get in here, brother, just real quick. Hey, WWE. Go ahead and give Raw Underground that last hour at the 10 o'clock time slot. Just go all in with it. Like, fuck it. If we're going to keep doing this, go all in with it. Stop doing those weird cutaways with it. Yeah, I think Drew's exactly right. That um, if you have a crowd there, they would have shit upon at least, what, 50% of these angles by now and cause them to at least 50% and cause them to change change, uh, tracks, change direction, try to do something different. I doubt Raw Underground even gets started because it, the thought would have never entered their mind. We need to do something to spice this shit up. Um, hey, what do we try? Why don't we try this? I, I agree with you. I think the pandemic has created a lot of opportunities for them to try out a few different things. Hey, let's try this. A little bit more trial and error than they probably would be tolerant of simply because they're not getting that immediate feedback. All right, the crowd didn't give a shit about this. Uh, instead of building this up and working on telling a story, let's jettison this after two weeks because the crowd didn't react to it right away. You know, and how many times have we seen? Sometimes it takes a crowd a while to warm up, um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Raw's been decent. You know, SmackDown is what it is. It's it's a little bit odd. I mean, I have no idea who's the face. It, it feels like with Braun <laughs> and the Fiend. Do you guys feel like we might be in for a double turn coming? And, and is Nikki yes. Cross going to be Sister Abigail? Because I keep thinking this is where we're going with this thing that Nikki Cross is going to end up Sister, which she should have been the whole fucking time, like when she first debuted four years ago. She should have been Sister Abigail then. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I like SummerSlam. It, it, it's it's similar to Takeover. To me, it doesn't have that sizzle. There's not that big, huge match that's sitting out there that you think, okay, I mean, Orton and McIntyre is the one I'm most curious in. But I'll tell you what concerns me is Retribution might fuck a lot of things up, even though we all think they're crap and it's kind of a joke. And if you've got another pay-per-view a week later called Payback, then really... Are they gonna gonna transition the shit out of SummerSlam and say, "Well, let's see how much of this shit we can send to the next week, Pilgrim," and uh, that sort of thing? Uh, you know, that's that's my only concern with SummerSlam. But it, I I agree with Chris; it's a good card. Uh, I'm not, you know, it, it, you compare it to other years. Okay, it doesn't measure up, sure, but they're they're just trying to do stuff. And and Seth Rollins deserves a shit ton of credit for some of the stuff that he's done, bringing Dominic along. That that feud with him and Mysterio has gotten good. And I like what it. I saw Seth earlier this week. One of the best tweets of the week I saw. They said, you know, who has a better chance of winning, Pat McAfee or Dominic Mysterio? And Seth's response was, <laughs> neither, baby. And that that was his response. I love that. Um, that was awesome. So um, it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It, I'm I'm curious. I really want to see whether that Thunderdome creates a tangible, tangibly different feel to this event because it desperately. Without a crowd, it desperately needs that. And I'm starting to wonder now, you look around the NFL, like the Kansas City Chiefs going to have sixteen to 22,000 people at their home opener. Does Vince start to go into, hey, let's let's start putting these big events in these stadiums where we can have some fans. We know it's not going to fill up the stadium, but you're telling me right now Vince wouldn't you know, just be all in on a 16,000 it's a crowd of 16,000 for SummerSlam and Arrowhead Stadium. I think he'd be like, yeah, let's do it. So I, I'm kind of keeping my eyes on that as it's developing. And as fans start to slowly come back, socially distance, whether Vince starts to say, we need to get into some of these venues. Yes, we can't sell them out. And that's okay. Because 16,000 is 16,000 more than zero. And yeah. see, I was thinking... 16,000. I'm thinking like 16 and it'll and the crowd noise will sound like Hey, we want some ballet. <laughs> <laughs> it might, but you know, let, let me throw this one out there cuz Dave, you bring up a fantastic angle that I didn't even think about because I haven't looked at the WWE schedule so I didn't know about payback. Speaking of fuck finishes, and you know how WWE loves to not blur the line between reality and kayfabe, but use what just happened to somebody, like the whole Jeff Hardy situation. Do you think it would be completely in the Vince realm of possibilities to have a fuck finish with Sonya and Mandy and have Sonya get kidnapped by Retribution? Oh, God. Yes, because... Retribution ain't nothing but Antifa. Can we? No, all no, 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 no. But that—that's my not. point. This actually plays perfectly into how Vince probably sees Antifa and how he sees the Retribution thing, and he can utilize like Sonya's actual real life experience and real life reaction, so she'll know how to quote unquote play the part if something like that happens, and that way neither of them get their hair taken off, and maybe that also makes sense that Mandy maybe goes to rescue her, because there's still that that lingering friendship, so it blurs the line even more on why Mandy was there. You, you, this, this is very WWE, and Vince does like to do shit like that. Like, 
I mean, WCW used to do it. TNA did it when Jeff Hardy fucked up at Victory Road. He had to go apologize to everybody for drug use. Scott Hall, how many times did he run a fucking I'm drunk fucking angle or going to AA kind of thing or being drunk in the ring? So this is the same you, guy. Do you who think had, this could happen? Yeah, this is the same guy at Dean Ambrose turn heel the night that Roman steps away for leukemia. <laughs> so there he's got go. he's got no he's he has got no qualms about yeah. just shitting on stuff. So so let, let, yeah. let's do like a percentage or like an over under type thing do you think it's possible we see a fuck finish with mandy and sonia where sonia gets kidnapped and like a percentage yes or no hey, hey my best friend got cancer i gotta stop wrestling fuck you seth yeah I mean, what that's is- right <laughs> good response i'd say 35 40 percent uh but i you know i think that maybe mandy is the one who gets kidnapped as opposed to sonia and then she's got like you're saying andrew she's got to rescue her but it, it would add if retribution does it, then then suddenly maybe they're not looked upon as such a joke anymore that, hey, these fuckers actually did something here. They come in, they kidnap people and, uh, you know, and then, of course, they're going to do something stupid, like have a video where all they're doing is sitting around asking Mandy questions and people will be like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> but, uh, where were you the night of August the 3rd? Yeah. 2008? What? <laughs> if they want to be taken seriously, man, they got to stop giggling every time they do some shit like the goddamn Brady kids, you know what I mean, singing. I think yeah. it's time to go walk outside now. Oh my Sunshine God, day. Everybody's <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Dude, if Retribution, the Partridge family, I want that to happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I but think I, I love you. <laughs> what am I what so am afraid I of? So afraid of? <laughs> I'm afraid of this shitty push. <laughs> and we're not sure of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I, I think Sonya's getting buzzed man on the um the since we've already dated ourselves on the uh Demi Moore G.I. Jane side of the game I think I think Sonya's going bald yeah I would have to say so as well out, out of the two I could see them doing it if they actually go through with it but I, I think that would be a fantastic twist if they have Mandy do it, because the the only angle out of it I could see is that it actually softens Mandy even more to Otis, because Mandy would think she's ugly, and everybody would make fun of her because she's bald now. But Otis would still be like, you're my pitch, baby. Let me rub that bald head. Ooh, it's so sexy. <laughs> and I, I don't care what any of y'all say, man. I'm looking forward to that hair versus hair. Because, again, I grew up watching everything, man. And this brings me back to Southern Wrestling. Right. You know, they used to have weird steps. Like, you beat me. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you beat me, you get $10,000. Or you beat me, you get to fuck my wife. They used to have, like, little weird stipulations like that. They're gonna do, the match then. is going to be, if you beat me, you get to ask me all the questions you want. There you go. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be a Reddit AMA if you win. That's what that is. <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> Fuck, we're definitely getting canceled tonight, folks. And I'm gonna be. I, you yeah. guys were doing well until I came on the show. They're like, all right, Unger's fucked you guys over. You gotta, you gotta stop. Uh, why do you think Tony won't support the campaign? I think he thinks we've been canceled a while ago. So it, it's not you. Don't worry about it, Dave. Remember, we, we Platt, canceled Platt, every other statement. Yeah, Platt the last 2020. Remember, kids. You can't do worse. So anyway, uh, any what any match? I know the hair versus hair match. I, I think that's got the potential to have some weird stuff going on. Uh, any other matches at SummerSlam really stand out for you guys? Is something you got your eyes on? 
Yeah, I really want to see what they do with this Sasha Bailey Oscar angle because I've been digging this a lot as well. And it's interesting that Oscar could possibly become Oscar two belts. I don't see it playing out like that. I see one retaining and the other one trying to help them, but fucking it up. And that's what kind of, you know, it kind of accelerates what we all know is eventually going to happen, which is a Bailey S word feud. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Orton and McIntyre. I've really been digging McIntyre's title run. I think he wears that title well, and it sucks that it's come with no crowd there. But I'm looking forward to that. I see Orton going over because Orton is on a roll right now. Orton might be doing the best work of his entire career. Um, is there anything else on there that I'm really looking forward to? Oh, and that Brock and Bray thing, because things are getting weird on that. I don't think it's going to be a great match, but it's been getting weird. So, you know, let's get weird. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, What's going to happen? Know. Alexa obviously is going to play into it, but yeah, let's see what happens. I do feel like there could be a double turn or Braun and Alexa are just playing the fiend completely, but... I, I agree there. I think Randy and, and Drew has a, a uh, God, I, and I, I have to kind of go and agree with you that Randy probably goes over. But then again, the guy's been doing nothing but punting legends in the head for a month. <laughs> you could have really put the belt on him a 14th time for that. I shit. I don't yes. know. Yep. I mean, that that's how he got his whole legend killer motif and why he kind of came to prominence was punting people in the head and killing legends one way or the other. Can I just say, so, I'm so glad they brought the punt back. You know, it's like when they brought so Seth Rollins stomp back. It's similar to that because he wasn't punting people for years. And now it, it's very effective. You know, it's like, oh, shit, he punted Rick in the head. Oh, shit, he punt, punted Sean in the head. Sean didn't sell it as well as Rick. But and I, I'm sorry, Sean's bald spot is just bothering me. It, it just really is. <laughs> really? I'm just glad yeah. he got some hair now because, you know, well, he's clearly not the sexy boy anymore, but I think Morton yeah. kicked his eyes straight again. Oh, Sounds like, good. oh, shit, I got 2020 now. <laughs> that, that's why he got up so quick because he could actually see straight. He's like, I'm not looking at the vending machine right now. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. And now you, you I'm also 2020. Have to figure, <laughs> you also have to figure, though, that if Randy wins – that leads up nicely to Edge coming back and possibly being in the title picture, which Edge shouldn't win, but it's a it's a nice push. It's a nice thing to get buzz out of. And you could re-push Drew into getting a rematch at some point or re-earning his shot when there's fans. And then he could actually get his real push, real real reaction, real, real quote-unquote title reign. And Randy still gets his monster heel moment. So I, I like that a lot. Any and ch- go ahead, Drew. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, I kind of see the Asuka S word and uh, Bailey situation turning into uh, Asuka beats Bailey and then Asuka loses the SmackDown belt to Sasha, if that's even possible. Like, I don't know how that, that belt for belt thing works. And if there's a way that Sasha ends up with both belts, I think that's what pushes it over because. Sasha's been the good friend so far in this whole storyline where she's been adding the extra, you know, trips or adding the extra distraction. And Bailey's been kind of all thumbs or not making the save when it's necessary or just looking out for number one, more or less. So if Sasha ended up with both titles, I could really see Bailey kind of be like, 
hey, can I have that back? Because you you know we work best as uh you know Sasha and Bailey those belts, not just Sh- Sasha three belts and Bailey half the tag champions kind of thing. So I I think that could be the fun way of building up to their hopefully with fans like Rumble or Mania match. Any chance, a lot of speculation going on out there that Brock Lesnar might get involved in the Orton-McIntyre thing. Uh, you guys see that happening at all? No, nah, Brock is in his comp- or at his compound up in Canada, and I don't even know if he can get in this country, let alone want to get in this country. He's chilling. I agree. Yeah, I don't think there's enough to care for Brock. There's, there's not enough money, not enough anything, and too much risk. And he'd be like, fuck you guys. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, he's Brock Lesnar. I'm like, hanging out with Sable, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So Yeah, we're his, good. His S word. It's his S word. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah his S word. There we we're go. Good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I, I don't know. Have uh, Andrew, have I said this on these airwaves, talking about Bailey and Sasha, how if you out at the club, Bailey is the girl that you go up to, and she's acting like she's really liking you, and she's really digging you and into you. Uh, all the, the the whole time she's putting a fake number into your phone while Sasha is the friend right behind her, just rolling her eyes at you the entire time. I don't think you said that exactly, but yeah, yeah. Bailey comes off fake as shit, and I think that was something you brought up before when she was doing the overly cookie cutter thing because you always brought up the fact that she didn't come off genuinely nice like as opposed to say dakota kai when she was doing the 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 super sweet thing or like kylie ray who they just seem like fucking genuinely nice sweet girls bailey seems fake as shit and whereas s word seems high maintenance but at least she's straightforward (laughs) where like she's like okay you ain't got a chance fuck off go away and you know you'll think, oh yeah, well you're you're on a pedestal, you're you're some kind of like princess bitch, and that's how she thinks she is. But at least you'll know where you stand. <laughs> and friend of the show, Kylie Ray, by the way, does Bailey a thousand times better than Bailey does Bailey. Mm-hmm. And Kylie's a better wrestler too. Sasha Banks, know. also known as Bailey's damn good. At uh, Sasha, you got to watch a little more Impact. Kylie's fantastic. <laughs> I was going to say Sasha's Sasha's now known as she who shall not be named. Well, guys, I think we've uh... (laughs) Sasha is the Voldemort of Bada's War. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Avada Kedavra, this bitch. All right. You guys want to take a break and go to our. Yeah, they're Avada Kedavra, bitch. There's a good one. You guys want to go to the last topic of conversation? We'll we'll pay some final bills and uh, we'll be right back with this thing. Yep, yep. We're back. Chris Platt has been pounding Zimas and wine coolers and God knows what else. Gentlemen, I, I know we kind of uh, kind of like uh, off air in our own chat, kind of were looking around for a, a fifth topic of conversation. And the only one that really stood out to us was, I wish we had the music for him, but it's the one and only the man himself. Who's next? Goldberg apparently re-upping with WWE for two more years. He's saying two matches a year. Does anybody give a shit, guys? Yeah, man, it's Goldberg. He's one of the biggest names of the last, what, 20 years of this shit? Yeah. And they still owe us a Roman Berg spear versus spear match. So I'm here for it. And he was talking shit about Roman recently a little bit there, trying to uh, stir the pot a little bit, keep people interested in case Roman decides he's ever wants to come back. Uh, I know he's t- how many how many kids is Roman? It wasn't like Goldberg talking about Roman having five kids or was maybe that was Seth Rollins talking about Roman having five kids. I don't know. 
Roman's been doing Roman's been laying some pipe, folks. That's all we got <laughs> out of this whole conversation. Hey, there ain't nothing else to do during COVID. That's so right. like, you know, have fun. That's you right. Walk into the bedroom. Ooh. Ah! <laughs> what if he walks in and wifey says, Ooh, ah, that's even better. Then he's like, Ooh, I'll spear that. I'll spear that. <laughs> Pot is war. I'll spear that. There you go. There's a time. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but no, like, I think Goldberg, there's still enough stock in that name. And there's still enough to, there's still enough meat on the bone. Like, you could always throw in another Lesnar match because Goldberg's up 2 1. So, like, there, there's no real rubber match, There's, but there's a get-even match, necessarily. So, however they go, I think there could be money there. The Roman match, there's money there. Granted, I don't want to see Goldberg wear a belt anytime soon again. Like, I think his time as champion should be over. But if it's four matches in the next two years, and two of them are probably in Saudi Arabia, one might be a WrestleMania, one might be, like, a, a SummerSlam or something like that, that's fine. Like, you know, Roman getting one of them, Brock getting one of them, him getting a win over somebody else like Adolf Ziggler or somebody like that who's not really relevant at the moment. And honestly, he'd be a great person for Randy Orton to punt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is very true. Could you see them maybe putting him in NXT to go up against like Keith Lee versus Goldberg or Karrion Cross? Karrion Dane, Killian Cross, whatever you want to call him, uh, that would be a, an interesting match. Goldberg versus one of those guys. Do you think they might do something like that? Try to put NXT over a little bit more. Have Goldberg go there and maybe challenge a Keith Lee or something like that. So before you jump in, since this is all fantasy booking, Chris, if there's four matches left in Goldberg's career, two this year, two next year, or two two in twenty one, twenty one and twenty twenty two, whatever, however the fuck it works. How many wins, how many losses does he get in the last four? Because I, I think that kind of would dictate if Keith Lee gets a win or if Keith Lee gets fed. Or you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, out of four more matches, how many does Goldberg have to win to stay relevant or to keep his name kind of as strong as people remember it as? That's a good question. His name is his name. He's Goldberg. He's already made his name, so he's Teflon at this point. I well, would he say... hurt himself with that Undertaker match a little bit. Like people are just like Oldberg now. So I'm just it, it's the Smarks and it's the IWC okay. or, or yeah, as Pat McAfee but... coined it, the ignorant wrestling community, which I love. That was fantastic. Pat McAfee might be my hero. George Warren, motherfucker, Don Tan. But anyway, go back to it. Answer the question. But, I'm being uh, an asshole. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. But aren't you the ignorant wrestling community war chief? Yes, but that's why I'm the war chief. I get to tell them why they're ignorant. Where, so where, where that badge, brother? Where that badge? You're the, so you're the king of the idiots, and you pronounce that proudly. I'm okay with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, right. most of us are king of idiots. If you really want to think about the grand scheme of the world, at a point, hey, deni hey. denial's an ugly thing, Platt. So as long as he's comfortable with who he is. That's half the battle. Oh, beautiful river in Egypt. Yeah. 60% of the time he's stole. right every time. Anyway, go on, Platt. Yeah. I'm you, you only wrong 100% of the time, so 98% of the time I'm correct. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You you stole my joke, and it would have been much funnier had I said it, but whatever. Um, I'm going to say two and two. I think Berg goes two and two. That's exactly what I was going to say, two and two. If he's 500... Yeah. He's 500, then nobody's going to complain about that. You know, and you figure, okay, well, let's identify. Roman, for sure, they're going to save that match. Yeah. That leaves three, yeah. 
other possibilities. I, I don't think they're going to do Brock again just because, like, ah, you know, people shat on the last one, and that was four minutes of fury, that sort of thing. I didn't, I didn't mind it. Everybody else seemed to hate it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see, like, Goldberg versus Keith Lee would be a fun match. Wouldn't last very long, and it wouldn't have to. But, uh, but that'd be good. You know, I, I, I think there are people that, that Goldberg could, could beat. I, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who would you feed to Goldberg who wouldn't really hurt them? Somebody along the lines of Adolph Ziggler. I could actually see them feeding AJ Styles to him as much as I would hate that. I could see that happening. Yeah. Now, the question is, is that a longer match then? Like when he had that match with Lesnar, which everybody thought was going to be awful and then it actually turned out to be a pretty fucking decent match so do you think he goes 10 12 minutes with goldberg or is goldberg still the five minute chump i almost think at this point goldberg has to do a longer match to shut people the fuck up don't you that it's gotten to that point where it's such a cliche it's like a meme unto itself the guy can only (laughs) wrestle for three or four minutes give him a 10 minute match. Like if they pattern it after like when Brock took on AJ or took on Daniel or took on Finn, those matches took him to deeper waters, you know? And, and in my opinion, those are some of Brock's best work over the last few years. Cause it wasn't all just suplexes, F fives, Kimura, that sort of shit. I, I think Goldberg does need a match like that. Just at the tail, at the end of his career, just to show what he can do. Just to shut people up, say, look, I can go 10, 12 minutes with an AJ Styles. Even if he loses, you know, he still comes out a winner in that sort of situation. I don't know what, what you guys think. Well, this is the thing, man, that people forget because it ended up being such a shit show. But initially, his match at Jam in the Sand with The Undertaker, it wasn't a horrible match up until the point where they started concussing each other. Yes. Up until that time, it was it was a no, good it was match decent. for what yeah. it needed to be. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree that. with that. But okay, so who would you feed to Lesnar? Because if if we're looking at it and say, like in in my magical Christmas land, he would get fed to Randy. Because if we're going back to Randy Orton being legend killer, Goldberg's a perfect person to punt. Granted, you need to feed him one person first to maybe then build up the momentum to go to Randy, and then Randy kills him. So maybe. Ziggler or something like that, Randy. If Roman happens, Roman's got to go over there. So is the fourth one Keith Lee and Lee loses, but it's a good effort? Or does Lee have to go over in that situation? They're not going to put Keith Lee over Goldberg because, you know, black guy wrestling. Come on. (laughs) Don't make me sound like an asshole. We know how this goes. Okay, come on now. We know how this goes, all right? But uh, yeah, he obviously Roman would have to go over. I could see Randy going over Keith Lee. We just talked about that. And a fourth, maybe he gets another win on uh, Brock. And I don't know. I don't know who the fourth would be. Um, AJ is actually a good idea, Dave. I hadn't thought about that. And that might be a way for him to get a good, you know, nine to 10 minute match versus somebody. And then he can go over because, you know, AJ's Teflon at this point. Plus, AJ has improved so much as a talker, like he could talk them into the building, kind of like he did with Undertaker. Yep. Or I was, the other thing that came to mind with what Dave brought up about just having a good match. What about Cesaro? Cesaro seems to be enhancement talent extraordinaire because he's got the look. He's got the skill that he should be a multiple time world champion. For some reason, he's just held back. But... He, I think he would be perfectly slotted for a Goldberg 
feed to Goldberg match and still be good because he's yeah. athletic, he's big, so he can bump, he can look legitimate enough if he gives a little bit of offense back. So, and, you know, it's it's Cesaro. He's not really going to get hurt if he loses. You know, an- another match that would be interesting that I just thought of, and they could have a lot of fun with this, would be Adam Cole versus Goldberg. Because they could do the whole Cole's too small. He can't stand up to a guy like the size of Goldberg. And then, you know, that then that would be a real interesting match. And that one, I'm not sure who goes over. Because you could easily see Cole taking it to him for 10, 12 minutes, doing everything possible. You know, I don't think he can Panama Sunrise Goldberg, but maybe he can. Uh, he could certainly last shot him. And then Goldberg just spears him and puts him away after like 10. You could see something like that. But But Cole would be a good guy, I think. You know, I'm looking at guys for Goldberg to work with. Daniel Bryan might be another option. That, that'd be somebody mm-hmm. who could get a really good match out of Goldberg, who Goldberg can go over and it's not going to hurt him. So those are kind of the guys I look at as to who you feed to him. Who it, it, I, I don't, I don't want to see him get fed to somebody like Ziggler and just be over in t- two minutes. Give him somebody that can actually bring a decent match out of him. Uh, get, them, get, his, you know, get everybody their money worth. Let's have something fun with this whole thing. We know Roman's going to beat him. We know probably that like Orton or Drew would probably take him down as well. Um, so yeah, give him, let him work with some of these smaller guys. Like Brock was willing to do it. Let Goldberg do it. Get your old headbutt a locker. Get your old ass out there. <laughs> and get going. So, so unless fun. you were going to go here, Chris, nobody brought up Matt Riddle, and that. That I, was the big thing. So I was uh, going to say, I was oh, there we go. go there, there we go. I was just going to throw it to you. That's good. That's good. I like how we're well, on the, the same page is, sometimes. <laughs> I believe Dave brought that up before we started recording. He brought up the Riddle name, which there's obvious heat there because Riddle's been trying to get a match out of Brock or Berg for the longest now. He went into business for himself, and there, there was some sort of confrontation there, so it would have instant heat. And, yeah, that, that's an interesting matchup for obvious reasons. Or would they would they put that on Raw Underground? I mean, could they do a Raw Underground angle with Goldberg and Riddle? And that would get a little bit interesting. <laughs> and then people might start wondering, okay, is this more of a shoot or what's going on here? Goldberg couldn't beat Jericho in both of their primes in a real fight. You really think Goldberg's going to last an underground against a guy 20 years younger than him that was an actual MMA fighter? No, I don't. <laughs> So I, I don't I don't want to see it near underground because I feel like if it was a scripted like SummerSlam or Mania fight kind of thing, Goldberg would go over Riddle just because Riddle's still younger and newer that he could absorb a loss to a legend and still bounce back okay. But if you put it on underground and you have Goldberg go over, that looks a little dumb to yeah, me at least. I, you I argue mean, it if you want. I'd kind of <laughs> like to see like Brock versus Riddle on Raw Underground just. Because <laughs> because Brock will destroy him whether it's a shoot or it works. So you know, hey, let's just let him go and see what happens. Oh, Brock Riddle, well, yeah, that that would be scary. Well, <laughs> <For> since we <laughs> well since we fantasy booking man, hell man, a name y'all brought up earlier, man. How about Daniel Cormier versus Goldberg? Let's do that at at, at the next jam in the sand. Ooh man, and, and then Goldberg could go over him, and nobody will care. You know that sort of thing. As long as Cormier I, looks good. Yeah, because if it's Cormier's first wrestling match, quote unquote, against Goldberg, that there's no shame in losing to Goldberg. And you know, Cormier seems, and Cormier seems humble enough where he wouldn't care if he was scripted to lose in a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like some of those guys, and you know, rightfully so. But I think he's a guy. Yeah, he he seems like the type that he wouldn't care. 
as long I as the that's, check that's clears. The perfect angle to take right there, though, is that you use the fact that he's humble and he's grounded against him. So, like, when people, if he if he loses the Berg, let's just say, since we're fantasy booking, somebody comes out and runs their fucking mouth, make it a Matt Riddle or somebody like that, that you lost the old sloppy ass headbutt of fucking locker Goldberg, <laughs> you were the MMA champion, you were this, you were the baddest man on the planet, you can't beat, you know, Bones Jones when he fucking dopes, you can't beat Stipe in, you know, two out of three matches, like, like you're, you're fucking joke, like, you can be as humble as you want, but you're washed. And like if if you take that angle and you call him washed and you see a bit of a an edge if he even has that you know what I mean? if he can tap into something that would be fantastic angle to like build up something build up to a mania match even if it's like Triple H or somebody like that 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 would probably be a fun one too like if Triple H ran his mouth a little bit at Cormier saying that he's too humble or you know he's a little washed up and why'd you even come here kind of thing that's good that that well, that's, that's an easy angle to take. Well, actually, balls in my world, being humble and grounded, th- those are negative attributes. In in your world, as in speaking from your perspective, is that what you're saying? And Nerd. I'm just being vague and being nice about it. That's I'm not trying to be like a dick. Learning to love yourself. That is the greatest love of all. Wow, we are digging here. Digging deep, <laughs> yeah. folks. This is Yeah. I think that's as good a time as any to put a bow on this Goldberg discussion and to put a bow on this episode of uh Pot is War Ensemble <laughs> or whatever we're gonna yeah. call this episode. It, it would have only been better as if you quoted some Christian Okoye with the whole loving is learning and learning is loving or some shit like that or whatever the fuck he used to say in those commercials. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking it up. I thought that was the great, the best time to, to put a bow on no, things and you're fucking it hey, up now. Le- you're fucking the last it up. few weeks you fucked it up when we transitioned into things, so now you know what it feels like. The fact that Christian Okoye got mentioned on this show is is startling to me. I, I've just got nothing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. How do you top? How do you top that? I mean, we've we uh, since I've been on the show, we've talked about Manute Bowl and Bowl Bowl and their grandson Smoke a Bowl and you know all this other shit. So now we got Christian Okoye. guys. That. Dave saved they're, they're, the whole thing. It finishes fine. There we go. Touche, <laughs> touche. So Dave, man, we've enjoyed having you on here, brother. We really do appreciate you. We literally couldn't have done this without you. You already know, man. You know I love you, man. We done hung out. You already know. So being our guest, and thank you for being here, man. We're going to lead off with you, man. Let the good folks know where they can find you and everything you got going on. Well, you can find me at the local liquor store. But uh, other than that, Ah, no, you ah. can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. And on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Go there. Hit the like button. And I just wanted to thank you. Of course, check out the nerd podcast, Bandwagon Nerds, at Bandwagon Nerds on Twitter. I wanted to say how much I've enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Hopefully, I get to keep coming back, even when Tunney's back here. Hopefully, he haven't we haven't buried him too much tonight. I noticed no running tonight. He must have gone to extra innings or something. Well, and you know you'll be back, man, because this time of the year, he'd be on his Sid Vicious shit, so... You'll definitely be back, and we'll definitely have you back. So thank you, sir. Because Sid Vicious rules the world. Can you clench your teeth together anymore, Sid? God damn it. 
If you uh, had half the mind of half the man or whatever, the half the what? If you had half the <laughs> dick that I do. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, oh, Mr. Mr. Belaz, man, where can everybody find you, sir? You can find me on the Twitter. And as uh, as Chris already wonderfully put, as the ignorant wrestling community's war chief, the <laughs> IWC war chief on Twitter, that, that's the handle. And, uh, of course, on thechairshot.com, doing wonderful Japanese coverage, impact coverage, yeah. impact opinions. And, um, Dave, you, you, you failed to mention, but I think I see something in the, in the kitty. Did uh, the nerds happen to do a review that should be coming up kind of soon for a certain movie or something? Yeah, we just did. A, I just sent it off tonight. We reviewed Project Power, the brand new Netflix movie uh, with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, uh, from what I okay, understand, that's at least a strong cast. Huh? It's, that's at least a strong it's cast. It's a strong cast. Uh None of us really just a preview for people who may read. None of us really felt it as well as I was hoping. Patrick likes to call me the Paula, Paula Abdul of this stuff because he says you can't give anything a subpar score. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, three's average for me. I thought it was an average movie, but Patrick is more of the East German judge and he will grade you very harshly on the dismount. No. Not Patrick, <laughs> not the most lenient and forgiving man in all of Chairshot. Oh, no. yes, yes. He's no. magnanimous to a fault. Ah, yes, yes. yes. Magnanimous so, uh, before, we, before we wrap it up <laughs> real quick, man. That's what his name is. <laughs> before we wrap it up, number one, you guys should listen to podcast nerds. You, I'm podcast nerds. Bandwagon nerds. <laughs> Carrie and Dane. Actually, it's Carrie and Dane and Killian Cross. Clubs gonna be. Killian, Killian on podcast nerds, everybody. Punk ass nerds. I'm changing the name of the podcast right now. Punk ass <laughs> <Yeah>. nerds. <laughs> All jokes aside, Bandwagon Nerds is a hell of a podcast. It's super fun. Anytime I go on there, I have a great time. But you all, even if I'm not on there, y'all should be listening. It's great. Uh, before we get out of here, man, does anybody know what's happening with uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet? Is that coming out anytime soon? Are they going to put it on demand? What's happening? He is adamant about wanting to have people in theaters. So it's coming out in China because yep. China is allowing people in theaters. But until theaters open up in states... Nope. Unless, Dave, you've heard something different. I heard the same thing, man. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Tenant in the United States. All I've heard is latest movies. I What, Bill and Ted coming out on the 28th? The same yep. day that New Mutants is finally coming out, supposedly. But that's only coming out in theaters while Bill and Ted's going to be in theaters and streaming. Uh, I think the big thing we're going to be covering on Bandwagon Nerds this weekend Chris, you're more than well. You guys are both welcome to show up. Patrick's not going to be there. He's got you know real world stuff to do. God forbid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I know uh, DC Fandom is this weekend, and it's supposedly, despite all the layoffs that Warner Brothers subjected DC to, uh, there's supposedly it's going to be like a big event. Some uh, mega of announcements coming up. Maybe a Batman trailer. Matt Reeves Batman. We might get a trailer for that. We might get a Suicide Squ uh, Squad trailer. Zack Snyder's so Justice you, League. Who knows? We'll see. Oh, do you think that's going to go better than San Diego Comic Con went? Since yeah. like the interaction on Twitter and everything was like ninety eight percent lower than shit. I so, I like, did not mind. I liked San Diego Comic Con 
just for the information. I mean, yeah, some of the panels are awkward where you got a bunch of people staring at you on the screen and you're like, all right, I feel like they're, uh, they're looking at me funny. Uh, I need to go. That sort of thing. Did, but did I do you start think, undressing? Did you think it was a striptease? No. I, I can't oh. I can't say I actually did that, you know, but it wasn't uh, soft. I was afraid High, Highlander would like laser my dick off or something. So, you know, I, didn't I love how that. you keep calling him Highlander. I'm going to start calling him like Connor <laughs> McCloud or Duncan McCloud. I know. Regardless, whenever we see him. Hi, Homela- like, Duncan, Homelander. Baby, what's up? It's Homelander. I know. <laughs> I just call him Discount Val Kilmer half the time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and and fuck you, Christopher Nolan. But that being said. You know, Inception was one of those movies where I feel as if you had to really see it in the theaters to really appreciate what they did as a movie. So maybe Tenet is in that same vibe, and that's why he's so adamant about it. Going on now, man. Come on. You know, I mean, get your head out your ass, man. Stop being so pretentious all the goddamn time. He might be. You never, you never. There are some movies that are going to be better for uh, in cinemas. That's for sure. But we'll see. But yeah, I do think DC fandom will be better than Comic-Con was. It's an interesting selling point, though, if you think about it. If you're that adamant that you're doubling down and saying, fuck you, you're not releasing my movie until there can be people in theaters, really. That might actually cause more of a buzz and be like, you know, how how good is this movie? What's this movie so special for that people need to be in the theaters? Because last thing I heard with the Chinese release is he actually has a bumper before the before the trailer or before the actual movie, thanking Chinese fans for showing up to his movie. Like, he is that on about thank you for coming to the theater and seeing this movie in the way it should be seen. So that that's an interesting selling point. And I can't knock him unless it, like, completely flops. That's true. Chris, why and don't you take us, take us home on this thing, man? Let everybody know all the good stuff. Fair enough, man. You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. I'm on Three Man Weave. Every now and again, I'm on Bandwagon Nerds. I feel like I'm the uh, unofficial, like fifth nerd, kind of like um, the fifth Beatle. Sure, I, I wasn't gonna go there, but okay, yeah, sure, cool. <laughs> <laughs> or the fourth yeah, of the uh, Three Musketeers, the fourth Rush member, something like that. Yeah, right, there we go. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I I I probably could have came up with with a little more time. I could have came up with a better analogy, but we're wrapping it up, so I got nothing. So I'm gonna go with what they said. But uh, more <laughs> importantly, man, make sure y'all all go to prorussentees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, I said it at the beginning. I'm gonna say it at the end. If you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot, the best way to make sure we can keep providing that content. Is to support us, and you can support us by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, Big Dave. It's been a pleasure. We've got to have you back, brother. You are always welcome. You have an open open invitation. Seriously, I would love nothing better than to come back. And I'm sure that when Tony gets a hold of this file, Carly's going to lead us out of here with uh, whatever Carly does. But guys, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you soon. So long, guys. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.